Acknowledge me. It's a new day. Yes, it is. I am Vaughn Johnson. Oh. The smile like you can kick your face off. I'm done with that. You got me mad now. You know, you got a bicycle. Feeling good. All the skeptics and all the people have a little bit of energy again. Oh, it's live, pal. Sorry. I love Virgil. I was like, yes. <laughs> like, this guy's awesome. We ride the bicycle to the arena. With my main man, Pots and Pants, Nick McCone. That's me. Are you humanoids? Get ready. I don't know where the kid is that was a ride list, but he ain't on it when they brought it to the ring. Christian But I don't like it when things aren't going my way. Don't you dare be sour! Ooh. Woo! I know my wrestling. Ball, Nick, he, don't right? know, he don't know nothing else. <laughs> he know that wrestling like, He know that wrestling ball. <laughs> <laughs> he was about to hop over the table. What? <laughs> you are empty, break your heart. What a beast. No sleep, no food. No nothing. You got the water, man! Give me a hell yeah! I said give me a hell yeah! What's up ladies and gentlemen out there in internet land and welcome to episode 376 of The Straight Shooters, available wherever podcasts are found. My name is Vaughn Johnson and I'm joined as always by my main man, Pots and Pans, Nipple Kona, Fox Page, other gambler and Philly influencer. And we have yet another fantastic show here ahead of us. Episode 376. It is a deep dive. Or should we say a trash dive? We're dumpster diving here. Okay. Because we're diving deep into a show that features a War Games match. It kind of feeds into the project I'm working on about War Games. But it features a War Games match. But the show around it is, boy, it is Fall Brawl, the very first. Fall Brawl from WCW in 1993. We're going to talk all about it, including uh, what the third man, Brian Isley, thought of this selection of this show for this deep dive. But before we get into all of that and the current day nonsense, I got to do my weekly check on my main man, Pots and Pans. Nick, how are you doing on this lovely Wednesday evening, my good brother? Doing a lot better than Fall Brawl 1993. That's for damn sure. That's not a high bar to clear, my brother. That's true. So I guess I'm all right. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> not cold. It's not cold enough, first of all. I've got all these damn baby lanternflies around my apartment complex. Like on the door, when I come in the entry door, they are all on the wall. The, the door, there's some of them inside, and I got to like kill as many as possible. Man, it sounds like a tough situation for you there, man. It's very annoying. And I called, and they're like, oh, we just had the exterminator out there. And it's like, what the hell? Like, did he not go to every single building? Like, I guess no one in my building complained. So they just bring them inside, I guess, and hang out with them in their damn apartments. But uh, not me. So I don't know when the hell they're <laughs> Not <coming> me. <laughs> I don't know when the hell they're coming back. So You going to choke kinda... them out like Draymond did to Rudy Gobert? <laughs> One of the best headlocks in recent memory. I mean, listen, his form is great, but that man does <laughs> Elbow not under the chin. Like, he does not feel like playing basketball anymore. So I, <laughs> he wanted to I sit could... home for a little bit. <laughs> exactly. He just got suspended five games, by the way. That just came that just came down, which is like 
I guess that's that's a good suspension. Five games. He did take this yeah. man and drag him away like he's gonna take him somewhere and do something. Like, what's you gonna do? What what you what are you taking him? It's like he had a vacation plan. He's like, oh, I gotta get this, uh, get out of here, <laughs> get him, catch my flight. Like, and, go and then he's like, oh, he's like five days. Oh, word. So or five games, I should say. So five games. Yeah, that's about a week and a half or so, at least. Pretty much. Yeah. In this, man, uh, that's NBA. wild. But uh, yeah, that was crazy. Like. The first thing I saw, I thought of when I saw that clip, I was like, "Damn, that guy does not want to play basketball." Because <laughs> he that isn't that like the second or third ejection of the year already for him. So I guess I mean I, I, I have been ejected track. at least one, one other time. So I have not been keeping track, but I saw that chokehold last night. I had that the internet in the chokehold. Everybody's making memes off of that. Yeah. Right away, everybody's too, getting their but... jokes off. I was I was trying to think, and I'm like, okay, what well, can I make a meme out of this? And like scrolling Twitter and like. Literally half my timeline already had theirs ready, and I was like, ah, maybe, <laughs> maybe I'll wait on it. Maybe like tomorrow I'll come up with a good one. I still haven't come up with a good one, so I'll People let it simmer quick, for man. a little bit. People will forget about it, you know, like by the weekend, and then I'll come up with one that hopefully uh, is funny. I don't know. I think a photo of Draymond dragging Rudy Gobert away from that meme will stand the test of some time. Yeah. People are just going to understand what that means and what that <laughs> that moment was. That might have a shelf life a long, a little bit longer than you know than normal. On the, on the social true social mediums out there true so for, you know fortunately for you to get the meme off yeah you might have a little bit of a little bit of time there before it runs out <laughs> it's just so such an absurd be visual if i'm dragging this grown man Some away of the different angles too or just like <laughs> it's all, and he's really go like what 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 is going on like his hands in the, in the air what is happening <laughs> he was like i'm dreaming right now like, you know what you he's joking me it's not funny. Yes, it is. It's funny. I don't care. <laughs> Nobody got hurt. They all making plenty of money, but that's the big thing. No one got hurt. Um, so right. That's what makes you it. You kind of laugh about it. Just stupid stuff. Just yeah. real dumb stuff. They're going to laugh about probably in ten years when they're all retired and right. doing you know, podcasts. <laughs> right, doing podcast. They already doing podcasts. Right, might already got a podcast. Yeah. But yeah. a lot of uh, current players. Yeah, Patrick days, Beverly so. yeah. got one. Where he. Clown Car Anthony Towns for not helping Rudy go bad. <laughs> oh man, what a mess that is! What a mess that is. Kind of that's the second time a Timberwolf has been uh, choked yeah. out recently. Car <laughs> Anthony Towns got choked out. Was it here in Philly by yeah, Ben Simmons uh, at Minnesota? Yeah, it was Ben Simmons. Uh, I don't know if it was at Minnesota or here, or, but yeah, that was wild. one of Ben Simmons' shining moments as a Sixer. <laughs> <laughs> choking out Car Anthony Towns. Probably <laughs> his last like great moment as a Sixer. I'll tell you, people are gonna ask me, would you rather him dunk that or uh choke out cat? And I'd be like, Yeah, I mean, like I, I could do without Ben Simmons. So him choking out cat was probably like my favorite. I no, could do give without. me that dunk. I don't care yeah. what you say. They, they, <laughs> they're the gonna dunk. lose they're gonna lose that game anyway. So no man, they're gonna find a way to lose. Different. Underdogs are gonna different. find a way to lose. So need the dunk. But uh as far as he, me, he I'm ain't all got right. that dog. He ain't got that dog in him. So <laughs> He 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 might have had that dog in him in that moment, but he wouldn't have had it the rest of the game. <laughs> yeah, so. In that moment, he was, he was, he was barking. <laughs> all right, <laughs> he was choking somebody out. But as far as I'm, I'm all right. I'm hanging in there. I'm about to move soon. That's breaking yeah. news. About to that. a new place, to a house. Yeah, not far from where I'm at right now, but you know, pretty soon this backdrop you see will be different in, in a little bit, a little couple of weeks. Um. But yeah, that's about it. Just plugging away, man. Enjoying life out here in West Philly. 
You ready for this Eagles game yeah. Monday? Uh, and all the hype around the, this, the Kelsey's and, and Taylor Swift family. I mean, I, I meeting. I think they're gonna lose. So I'm not actually like hyped at all. I will be hyped <laughs> Monday uh, because I get to do like my radio thing. But if they lose. <laughs> I'm not going. I, I kind of win either way because I hate these night games. But if they win, uh, I have. I'm not gonna be able to do it till the next day because I'm just not gonna stay up that late and get all this stuff done. Yeah. Like even if they win, but uh, if they lose, I don't gotta worry about it. So, and I just think they're gonna lose anyway. They never. I don't know. What are they like? They haven't beaten Patrick Mahomes, right? Like no, they haven't beaten no, no, Andy no. Reid. Right? They haven't beaten Andy Reid. So yeah, it's I not gonna happen. The Eagles have like, beaten I, Andy Reid. I think if, every if, time if, the Chiefs have played the Eagles, the Chiefs have won since yeah. he's gone to the Chiefs. If it has, if I, I could be wrong. Somebody correct me if I'm wrong, but. 17 when i was there we lost to them in 17 and then we then the eagles lost to them in 21 with yeah. patrick Mahomes. the first time was with alex maybe smith. they beat him one time like before that when they had you, alex you, smith. you might but be I, right i know like alex smith beat us like here at one one time but uh and that was like a year yeah. where i remember being like oh eagles are gonna be really good and the chiefs were kind of down and the chiefs won so i was yeah. a little angry about that but um yeah i'm just like not juice for it i i just and yeah, it's coming off a buy though. So I'm kind of like, I will be juiced for it eventually. But like right now, I just assume it's going to be a loss because Sandy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and the defenses with the defenses, uh, secondary, I should say. So our secondary. But um, I just, Mahomes is the best quarterback uh, right now. Uh, could be generational, like a lot of. Could be. Cop- Cock. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think those conversations are already being. Yeah, those conversations are already being. He's got two gone, bowl, but... two two Super Bowls in what six years? He's been in the yeah, Asian it... Championship every year he started. He's got, <laughs> I think, two MVPs, two Super yeah. Bowl MVPs. The kid yeah. those passes, no look passes. <laughs> like he's the guy. Yeah, like, so pretty generational. I hate that man. <laughs> I'm just saying he's there. I mean, like he yeah. already owns a baseball team. <laughs> like the guy is pretty generational. Yeah. I think we can settle that right now. I mean, like, <laughs> until they actually beat him, I just don't think they're going to beat him. You know, they could have a great defensive effort and still lose like 10 to 7. You know, it's just be like <laughs> that kind of Eagles game where uh, one, you know, facet of the team shows up strong, but then the other facet or two uh, are just mediocre to below average, and then you lose. So I'm just kind of like set for that. Plus, they're in Kansas City. So, you know, they're on Monday night. So you're good. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, let's talk about some current day wrestling nonsense. Eh. Speaking of this weekend, do we have to? You see, you see Tony Khan said he's oh hyping up God. a big announcement. Yeah, another one. And it's if if it's anybody other than one person, we're just gonna crap all over him again this this time next week. Who's the one person you got in mind here for this uh, Mercedes, for this baby. major major star that uh, he's hyping up? Mercedes that they've signed that AW oh, has signed. Let me read the tweet here that he posted. Uh, before you well, give a yeah. name, uh, that Tony Khan. Hear me? I just did. Oh, I didn't. No, I did not. But I'm. I'm a, you know what? Tweet first. The listeners did, and I'm not. I'm just gonna leave that. Let let. I'm gonna let that. Well, okay. Start. Well, the tweet says from Tony Khan. Uh, it posted this Wednesday before Dynamite. AW has agreed to terms with one of the world's best wrestlers, a pro, who is known and respected virtually by virtually every. AEW fan, they'll come to LA to sign their contract this Saturday, 11 18, November 18th, on pay per view at AEW Full Gear. 
So who is your guess again for this pro that's widely respected, according to Tony Khan? I'm going to scrutinize you to the fullest, pasteurize you, homogenize My God. you, and synchronize you. Damn, Bob Backlund. <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> Big Dak making his return. No, uh, it's got to be one uh, one person. If not, it's a huge letdown, no matter who. I, I can't be punk, so it's got to be Mercedes Monet. I would assume that as well. Or the first guess, my first, my actually, my brain first went to Will Ospreay. But I think if it's, you know, I don't think, I don't, I think he's on a contract until February. I think somebody said lame. Um, but it, it could be Mercedes Monet. I'm cool with that. I mean, she's already kind of, didn't she already appear on AEW TV? Like in the stands? Like in the was stands. she at All In? I don't know, but she I'm was definitely sure. in the stands for something. <laughs> she was definitely in the stands at, on an AEW show for something recently. If it wasn't all in, maybe it was Wrestle Dream. It was something, and well, so it's not like might have been Wrestle Dream. It's not like it's a massive surprise if it's Monet. That's the thing. Like, why don't why wouldn't you announce it? Yeah, now? Like, Will Osprey's not really a massive surprise, is he? I think he'd be. I think he'd be a massive because he hasn't. Well, I guess he has appeared on AEW television, but he's still he's not full time in the United States. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. He's still he's still overseas full time. He comes here every now and then. That's um, like a collision signing, not a freaking one on full gear. It's gonna be on pay per view. You know, it's got to be Mercedes. I think that's pay-per-view. I think that's the logical uh, guess there. Cause, but cause I, don't, I I think she's the one that gets like the oh s word finally type reaction where Will Osprey's like oh okay that's cool. I mean, but I, could I feel be like wrong, Mercedes but... Monet. Is, I mean, I don't think that would be a big surprise to me that if she signed, if they didn't announce that she signed. And so, like, again, they've already put her on camera at a show. Yeah, but they like WCW did it to Sable, and she was she did wasn't even part of the company. Like companies do well, that. That's, 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 that's NXT different, did different it with Britt Baker. So you know, like that doesn't surprise me that you know they showed her on TV because she was there. It's just like she technically wasn't under contract to WWE. So obviously uh, you, you take that chance. Um, if it was, if, sh- if she was under contract and th- maybe she's been at shows when she was under contract with WWE and they just never showed her. I mean, um, who knows? She was at all in. I just can look that up uh, in the stands. They put her on camera. So to, maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm tripping that it wouldn't be like a massive crazy like thing. All in? Really? I feel like, yeah, she's at all in. So I'm like, I feel like it was before that, but that's surprising me. Yep, and it was like back that. in August. But yeah. you know, the fact that, she, that you put it on camera, I know Osprey's actually wrestled in AEW, so that's a lesser surprise. But um, I don't know. I feel like I, I kind of had an inkling this is going to happen when you put it on camera. It's just a matter of working out the details, I guess. But Maybe I'm reading tea leaves wrong. I don't know. But I think Mercedes Monet still, either way, is the most logical answer here. But we got to see. I, I, I don't know if people are going to specifically order the show for this announcement. Um, But it could be. You got to want it, man. <laughs> okay. Listen, I mean, if Tony wants ratings, Flair, if, why not if he, bring in Virgil? If he wants ratings. Just bring in Virgil. Uh, other than this announcement, uh, is there anything else you're looking forward to at Full Gear this weekend? Not at all. 
I'm just not in, into it. Like, I'm into the main event kind of thing. I, I've heard good things about this hangman swerve stuff, and I, I'm watching, you know, without sound a lot, uh, either on a second screen or, you know, while we're recording, uh, or, you know, I'm just watching one of our, you know, sports teams over this, and I'm not going back to rewatch this stuff. I just don't care. Um, so I'm, I might be missing some really good stuff, uh, but there's nothing that jumps out to me that I'm like, must see. Even in the main event picture, like that's the one I like the most at this point, but you know, like MJF and Jay White, like, I don't know. I, I don't care. Jay White's been carrying that title for like a month now. Like, <laughs> it's like stupid, you know, like just yeah. get the match over with. It's not a pay-per-view match. Like I, I just get it over with and then move on. But I understand they have to like build stuff, and you know maybe Tony secretly trying to get CM Punk to come back. Uh, those rumors are never going to die; they're never going to die. And um, but yeah, a lot of that stuff, even like with WWE, the bloodline has cooled down a little bit for me. Though I understand what you know they're they're doing. Uh, you know, the titles rarely ever changing hands nowadays. I'm just kind of like, ugh, like it's good. It's a good product on both shows, but I'm just like not interested. That's about as best I described. I'm not as interested as I was maybe a year ago, uh, when he had like the bloodline with Sami Zayn in the in War Games, and then the lead to the Rumble to Mania. And I'm not saying Sami Zayn was the only reason for that. The bloodline can be just as good without Sami there. Um, I just haven't been as entertained uh, by a lot of stuff going on lately that I was, you know, three Man. months ago. Debbie Downer over here. <laughs> yeah, but I still watch every week. I still watch, you know, all the shows. I'm just kind of like, yeah, nothing, you know, I go back and rewatch right away. I'm just like, okay, that happened. Cool. <laughs> What's next? You know, it's kind of where I'm at. I- I'll say as far as full gear, the main event, you know, it's a main event. It's kind of silly, the story, but it's a world title match. We'll s- Jay White and MJF are, are good wrestlers, so the match itself mm-hmm. should be good. Yeah. Uh, Orange Cassidy and John Moxley, I think it'd be a uh, good contrast of styles. Obviously, it's always a contrast of styles, I guess, with Orange Cassidy. But, uh, but you know, that could be that could be a, a banger. And the Texas Death Match with Adam Page and Swerve Strickland. So that's it. That's pretty much what I'm here for <laughs> on this show. Yeah, um, everything we, else, they got two women's matches on the show. How about that? Oh, okay, okay. You know, okay, okay, okay. Tony, got women's you. title and the TBS title on the show. So. You know, it, 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 the rest of the card isn't great, but at least they got that. You know, how about that? How about that? So yeah, I count yeah two two women's matches on the show. So that's some progress there, I guess, for AEW. Uh, Drew McIntyre turned heel on Monday. Did you catch that? Yeah. <laughs> should should want to deal with Rhea Ripley, who acts who's, who's the real leader of the Judgment Day. It has always been the case. Mm, <laughs> I don't yeah. care what Damian Priest said. Yeah. Uh, it's always nice been little sea, nice little sea planet there. Sure. Yeah, take let's take our time here. Slowly build some stuff. Yeah, but uh, Drew McIntyre, uh, not super surprising, but it's still effective. I think it still works. Like the story and bringing these different, having these different characters interact and making deals backstage and Rhea Ripley having a lot on her plate and stuff like that, talking to people, willing and dealing. Like I, I dig it. I like it. So. Yeah, I, I, it's more. I'd say the Judgment Day now is more entertaining than it was, you know, when the Bloodline was like 
more entertaining, you know, like, so kind of going back and forth, uh, taking turns and I would never uh, picture the judgment day being where they are now, like a year, a year and a half ago. Like, bro, when edge first left the judgment day, it was <laughs> like, was and, it, and it was just Rhea Ripley. I don't think they, it was Rhea Ripley and Finn Balor and Damian Priest didn't have Dominic yet. No. Yep. And you, the, the outlook wasn't pretty, especially <laughs> because they had, uh, Finn and Damian Breeze, at least Finn, like it felt like he was losing all the time. He lost to Seth Rollins a bunch of times, lost to Edge a bunch of times. Did he lose to Seth Rollins? Definitely feuded with Edge, right? Yeah. yeah. Lost to him a bunch of times. So it didn't look great. And he added Dominic and added some uh, a fun element to the group. Uh, but yeah, they got their own little backstage set area now. They pretty much open, they have multiple segments per show. They carry Raw pretty much. Like, yeah. Yeah. And they're adding members now. They got JD McDonough now. He's an official member of the Judgment Day. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I never they, they're one of the more like prominent groups in recent WWE history. I don't know if you can put them on the same level as like the New Day or like the Shield or something like that. But like, pretty high on the list though. Yeah. If you go for like last like let's say ten years of factions in WWE. Damn, they're pretty up there because the thing is, there aren't a whole lot, whole lot of great ones to choose from, which definitely boosts them up the list. But you can't deny that they're high on that list. Uh, I don't know if any other ones stick out to you that I can think of. Like I said, The Shield, New Day, Bloodline obviously is like number one now. But I don't know if any other factions or groups yeah. that still got to you that uh, in the last like 10 years or so, it's like 2010 maybe. I'm not counting Nexus as like a prime group, <laughs> top tier group. Bummer. Uh, Wyatt family in the beginning was kind of was dope, mm-hmm. kind of tailed off towards the end, but um, that's yeah. that's what I got. Like, I don't know if you got anything else. That no. I can't think of anything else top of my head at least. No. Undisputed no. era, <laughs> like well, they weren't even in, nah. on the main roster. Yeah, that even that's what kind of like I loved the product, the NXT product in that era, but um. You know, if it wasn't main roster stuff, you really never got a good barometer of how over people were in NXT because it's the same crowd, you know, like every week. And even though they would go to different cities and do these takeovers and stuff, that's when he got a good barometer. But um, it it wasn't, you know, like I'm not saying they should have had more of those, you know, like once a month or something. But it's like you had this big thing and then you go back to a little place and you just get the specialness of that certain event just kind of wears off is when you go back to this small place. And, you know, it's just how I've looked at it now, looking back where I'm just like, Oh, this is like a stepping stone for NXT, but it never was because they just go right back down to full sale type of months worth of TV, blah, blah, blah. One hour television show. And then they just built to the next takeover. And it was just like, Triple H's super indie thing where he's like, I just want to have the best wrestling show. And I loved it, but uh, it just never really did anything for anyone. Like, no one really got... Because by the time they get to the main roster, they're ruined by Vince, and uh, there's really no rhyme or reason for it. Uh, So I kind of, like, lost hope, I guess, in in that um, anyone was going to become something. So... Yeah. I mean... We got into that. uh, Like, Undisputed Era was probably, like, their best group, right? In, in that uh yeah run and I, I, like literally insanity for a little bit was kind of yeah. fun that was kind of fun um 
you mentioned NXT. Uh, you know, they're, they're going to run an arena here in Philly next year when they do stand and deliver. So mm-hmm. that'd be a big crowd for them. Uh, and WWE announced that, you know, what we pretty much already knew is that they're going to have SmackDown and the Hall of Fame here on Friday. Wow. Uh, April 5th, stand, stand and deliver on April 6th, a Saturday. I'm assuming early Saturday. And then, of course, because early, late Saturday is night one of WrestleMania. And then, of course, Monday, the night after night two of WrestleMania, we get Monday Night Raw all at the Wells Fargo Center. So there you go. How about that? SmackDown and the Hall of Fame. That's going to be a long night, bro. It's going to be a boring few days. That's going to be a long. Get ready, y'all. If y'all going to both SmackDown and the Hall of Fame, especially if they air live, did they they air the Hall of Fame live? Or did they do it before yeah, SmackDown? Yeah, because they do it right after SmackDown. So that's gonna be a long I, night. That's that's the thing. It's not as long as obviously. Oh, they should cut five it down. Now? Ones. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's and still like, a long night. It's still at least an hour. Uh, at least for sure. But uh, so you're, you're not, you're not gonna be there until like you're not gonna be there until like two a.m. So. Well, I hope not. Good lord. <laughs> <laughs> well, you I'm, think about the original like Hall of Fame ceremonies, which no. I loved. By the way, they were I actually cut down. Uh, when they aired, because remember they aired them on like USA, right? And it was only like an hour, <laughs> right? Thank goodness, bro. I've sat in the arena for two Hall of Fame ceremonies, bro. It's at least <laughs> back in the day. This is 2014, 2015. Recent ones, like you said, they cut them back short, the they day. keep them on a strict time limit. Thank you, WWE, for changing that. Yeah. But back in the day, they let them just go, and you'd be there for it. The Undertaker's speech was kind of like cool, but um, and it went, everyone thought it. Well, not everyone, I should say, but it kind of went long, but it wasn't like terrible, you know, like it, it wasn't, wasn't like one thirty to o'clock a.m. You know? It wasn't Mr. T in WrestleMania 30 talking about his mom oh, God, yeah. for like 30 yeah. minutes, bro, to the point that Kane had to get him off the stage. <laughs> Mayor Kane had to come out. Not Mayor Kane. Yeah. Oh, he's uh, it's a corporate, corporate Kane King. still at that point. Yeah. He wasn't the mayor yet. That was a wild night, bro. Not fun. And you were there. <laughs> you were there live, right? Yeah, I was there. Yeah. Wonder what the hell is going on. Not... <laughs> 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 what the hell is going on, bro? Big Mr. T funny. fan, but like, what is he t- like? This is going on long enough. Peter <laughs> 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 the Fool is still here. We're listening to this. My God. Speaking of wondering what the hell is going on, you ready to talk about Fall Brawl 1993? The inaugural Fall Brawl? Uh, maybe, maybe we gotta get excited. Maybe. By know. the way, uh, like I mentioned earlier, Brian Isley apparently he's going to join our show, but he had a prior commitment, uh, the third man. But he apparently di- showed some displeasure <laughs> with my with our selection for this week in Fall Brawl. Our, our selection. Wait a second. Wait a second. <laughs> wow. Our our selection. <laughs> We are the straight shooters. <laughs> we do this together. Uh, well, I, I did have to okay it. I'm sure. You know, it takes two to make a podcast. So, well, I mean, our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I didn't expect it to be this bad. But whew. yeah. So, Survivor Series before was this. bad though. So I think we're even because that was kind of like me. That was. I'm like you know, Survivors. I'm. I'm coming from like a Survivor Series perspective. You're coming from a War Games perspective, so that's where I'll still at. take a War Games over Survivor Series. 
I'm just I don't saying. Know, man. We're, 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 I'm going to love it. Eventually, we're going to dive deep into the, you know, the 88, 89, 90, 91, 92. Uh, I, those are great. I, I don't see them. myself being that excited over them. I just don't. But we'll see. We'll see. I'm more excited over this. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, but sorry, Brian, when you listen to this and you hear this, uh, remember he coined uh, the pay per view WCWS, and I think that's what this was. <laughs> he did. <laughs> he thought sorry, he was bro. watching WCWS. <laughs> <laughs> this was, yeah, yeah. This I mean, kind of this this intro. It's a minute long, and what is this? The school bells are ringing. Summer has turned to fall. What is this? The children are back in class. And mom and dad have returned to their peaceful way of life. But all is not well at this hour. WCW is invading Houston, Texas. You'll see three title matches. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat will defend his TV title against Lord Steven Regal. The Nasty Boys go up against the World Tag Team Champions, Arn Anderson and Paul Roma, the Horseman. Nature Boy Ric Flair puts his World Heavyweight title on the line with Ravishing Rick Rude. But the most explosive match in wrestling history will finish it off. It's War Games. Live from the Astor Arena in Houston, Texas, it's Fall Brawl 93. What the hell? It's called juxtaposition, Nick. Okay, you juxtapose the peaceful nuclear family in the suburbs to the all-out war that's taking place at Fall Brawl 93. That's all that is. (laughs) Why couldn't they just say that? (laughs) <laughs> just say that. That's that's how not how art works. You don't just put it right on the nose. Yeah, this is also ninety three WCW. We we can't give them the benefit of the doubt. Nineteen ninety three WCW. We just can't. It's not possible. Man. But they probably didn't know what the hell they were trying to say. You probably made you probably made you know gold out of garbage right there. Maybe, because there's some garbage around <laughs> that needed to be turned into gold. But yes, we are here at the the inaugural Fall Brawl, which took place on September 19th, 1993. As you heard in that intro, it emanated from the Astro Arena in Houston, Texas. It is now known as the NRG Arena, so it's still there. Oh, uh, and like I said, it's the first ever Fall Brawl, and boy... Did we get off to a great start here? <laughs> Man, it wasn't the let. Well, I shouldn't say that because there are a lot better fall brawls, but wasn't I'm the sure there are a lot better for sure. I mean, we've deep dived into was it yeah, 98? Great ones, great ones. Well, was it 97 or 98? 96 to 97, which were great. Okay. So. I always forget what year perfect turn. It's probably 97. 97, though, right? 97, yeah. 97. That was great. And Tony Schiavone's reaction to, to perfect turn. Classic moment. <laughs> disgust. Absolute disgust. I believe we did that last year, so check that out in the archives. 100%. Maybe I'll remember to freaking post it on our feed. It's a classic episode. Classic Kevin. episode. Absolute disgust is what I watch the show with sometimes at points. At points. But like other shows, 
you know, this show is focused on this main event, which is, of course, like you heard in the intro, it's War Games. But let's be serious here, okay? The War Games match is really just, it's a formality. The real exciting thing about this time period, about this time in our lives in WCW in 1993, in the late summer and early fall of 1993, the year of our Lord, 1993, happened before this event even occurred. That took place on August 18th, 1993 at Clash of the Champions 24. The very first WCW show I ever taped. Wow. I remember it like yesterday, man. (laughs) 30 years ago. What a show indeed. What a a start to your WCW taping time. We had a couple, uh, you know, title changes, Sting and Ric Flair teaming up. Uh, Cactus Jack returning after the amnesia thing, so I missed all that. Oh my god! Uh, British oh my Bulldog god. being in the title, be, British Bulldog being in the title match. Like, what is this? Uh, this is crazy. W W WCW having that ramp to the ring, the elevated ramp. I was like, what is this? Boy, so, oh yeah, boy! My first. Uh, th- I, I'm pretty sure I saw WCW before this, but this is the first one I taped. Wow. So it held a special place in my heart. And this was right after that summer or right before uh, SummerSlam 93. So it was the summer of the Lex Express. Oh, my I God. Being, yeah, I remember being like all jacked up for wrestling. We, no talked, about, we talked about the Lex Express in great detail back during, was it 2020 when we talked yeah, about that? Yeah, it was once, yeah, right after, well, during the pandemic. Yeah, when we so, started the deep dives. And that was one of our first. Go back and check that out in the archives. That was that was a very fun episode to talk about with Lex Luger on that damn bus. But I'm all aboard the Lex Express. All aboard the Lex Express. But during the Clash of Champions, Clash of the Champions in t- 24, we have a segment called a Flair for the Gold. Let's go. And that's Ric Flair's segment. No. That's his talk show. Like, you know, Piper's Pit. And I guess modern day version would be Ms. TV or even the Grayson Waller effect. <laughs> what was uh, Chris Jericho's The Highlight Reel? Yeah. Whatever. You know these talk shows that they do. Peep show? Peep show. <laughs> uh, what was uh, Bailey's Ding Dong or something like that? Um, Ding Dong Hello. Or Ding Dong like Hello. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ric Flair had a show called The Flair for the Gold. We had some great talk shows back in the day. Funeral Parlor, The Barbershop. Yeah. Didn't Shawn Michaels have the Heartbreak Hotel? Heartbreak Hotel, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Those yeah. are great. The ones these days, not so great. But the ones from back in the day were dope. Jake Roberts um, had uh, the Snake Pit, I think. I was going to say, I just thought about the yeah. Snake Pit. Oh, that was, yeah. that was good times. I missed that one. I never saw those live. I started watching after uh, he kind of stopped doing those. But yeah, Snake Pit. That was great. Roddy Piper. Piper's Pit, obviously. Of course, Piper's Pit. Yeah, the original. <laughs> but it's great. And also can include the Bobby Heenan show. Why not? Yeah, well, that was like, uh, wasn't that like the last half hour of primetime wrestling or something? Yeah, and it turned into a little talk cool. show. I like that was cool. If you have a talk show, I mean, that's that's it. Like yeah. <laughs> that was. He had a whole studio and everything, so maybe that yeah. was the goat talk shows, the Bobby yeah. Heenan show. But we're talking about Ric Flair's talk show, Flair for the Gold, and they're they're having all the combatants. Of the upcoming war games match as the guests, and they're arguing with each other. And the babyface team 
of Baby Boy Smith, Dustin Rhodes, and Sting, they have a mysterious fourth partner. And they're about to introduce it's Animal, them. right? Oh. Animals are not available. They got somebody else instead. Hmm. And here he is, about to make a shocking debut. You know what happened, obviously. Shockmaster falls through the wall. But not just seeing Shockmaster fall through the wall, it's also you got to hear Dusty Rose talk about Shockmaster falling through the wall. Of course, he talked about it on the Legends of Wrestling Roundtable, which was great back in the day. I still wish WWE brought those back. I guess podcasts have kind of just been that. But like, I like the Roundtable format. Yeah, you get like the highlights too and exactly. talk over it. I like that. There's no reason why they couldn't do it these days, but I think they did table for three for a little bit. That was supposed to be somewhat like it, but that wasn't really that good. No. But Wrestling Legends of Wrestling Roundtable back in the WWE 24-7 days. Dusty Rose talks about the Shockmasters debut. It just goes nuts. <laughs> so you're the man that rules the world. They call me the Shockmaster. You've ruled the world long enough, Sid Vicious. Get ready. Come on, you want a piece of me? You want a piece of me? Come and get me. Come after me, Sid. I'm ready. Along with Davy Boy, Sting, and Dusty Rhodes, we'll see you at the Fall Brawl at the Roar Games. Until then. Oh my God, what a laugh. Obviously, I was there. Obviously. You know, obviously. Who came up with and it? I did. I did. <laughs> but, but it was... It, Fred's a great guy. Of course, we call him Uncle Fred. I tell you, I'm gonna tell you the story quickly. <laughs> Uncle Fred, early in the day, had busted through this wall as a shockmaster on a flare for the goal. Busted oh. through the wall. Everything went good. David Crockett had somebody nail a two before on the bottom of the new wall, which was not there when he busted through the wall the first, first time. time. Okay. <laughs> The voice of Shockmaster was Ole Anderson. He was off in another deal with a microphone. Also, the voice say, of the Black School. Yeah, the I am the Shockmaster. I come to kick somebody's ass. You know what I mean? Well, we're all sitting there laughing, and all of a sudden, the bomb went off, and Fr- Uncle Fred, poor Uncle Fred, Uncle Fred, poor Uncle Fred, and he hit that two before that David Crockett had put down Stop. there to sabotage my ass, had put there, and the shockmaster fell flat on his ass. The helmet rolled off. 
<laughs> he fumbled for the helmet, and he I'm sitting there. I'm sitting the there, what we call a gorilla position, and I'm I'm started to rumble with the left. If you were, they almost had to take me to the hospital. And as he fell, and he found the helmet, and he put it back on, and the summit stood up. <laughs> and all these, all these boys started cracking, and <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the shock master. So at home, they're watching this on television. All the kids, Cody, young Cody's there. American Nightmare. Watching this, and the kids looked at it in fright and they're laughing, and they looked at it in fright. And Cody turns around to all the other kids and he says. I think that was Uncle Fred. <laughs> <laughs> and it was Uncle Fred. And if I'm laughing, the, the skit was over. Uncle Fred came out in front of the gorilla position table and he knelt down and he flopped that helmet there. And he said, and you I can could, stick this. I couldn't know. I couldn't even. <laughs> I couldn't even talk. He used the F word. He said, I effed this up, didn't I? I said, buddy, I laughed so hard. They took me, had to take me to my room. I mean, I was laughing so hard. You it should've. was an amazing moment, almost as, as amazing as asked the question. My other one was the gobbledygooker. When I see the gobbledygooker, you was involved in. I, I, I had uh, nothing to do with it. But we have a battle all the time, me and Vince, all the time. What's your work? We'll be drinking and having a cocktail together, and he'll say, Shockmaster was the worst. I say, no, the gobbledygooker was the worst. So Shockmaster gobbledygooker had to be two of the top of the line, and Uncle Fred was a great hand here, became world tag team champions here. Him and Avalanche, you know, an earthquake oh, mm -hmm. did a great job. Hector Guerrero, but that, great guy. Yeah, but that and and Hector, great job. But man, when he bust through, and 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 fella, and I think, I think he said, David Boy said, God rest his soul. I think David Boy said he fell on his ass, <laughs> but he, you know, what he did. <laughs> Dusty's British accent <laughs> is tremendous. So, yeah, great. we we're a podcast, so we didn't have a video format yet, but we can't show you that. But we can hear Dusty Rose talk about it. That's incredible. Incredible stuff. And I think for a lot of people, at least for me, I had no idea Shockmaster thing existed. Because I'm, you know, this is 2008 when this came out. And there's no WWE Network yet. And I didn't own every episode of Clash of the Champions or Nobody Nitro. Was Nobody was clamoring to watch 93 WCW. <laughs> right. Or they didn't have the instant access to to, to watch right. it. Because even like, I don't know if you can find like full episodes of stuff on YouTube or anything like that. Like, no, the, old, the, only thing, uh, the only thing on 24-7 WCW related was like Nitro. Uh, I think maybe sometimes they had uh, Hall of Famers like from WCW. So you would see like some matches from that uh, era. But uh, yeah, few and far between. Uh, you basically saw Nitro, and that was really it. Um, right. Maybe some Clash of the Champions things. So yeah, they're absolutely. Uh, <laughs> you know, you're, if you're if you miss that, and far be it for me to like forget that it was my first show I ever taped in WCW, thinking like that was normal WCW, and I was never a WCW guy growing up, just based on the production and stuff. At WWF looked, just looked so much better on TV that I liked it a lot more. Um, so anytime anyone went to WCW from WWF, I just didn't care about them. And this era, 93 WCW had a ton of guys that I saw in WWF first. Rick Rude, uh, uh, Shockmaster, I didn't realize he was Tugboat or Slash Typhoon at the time. But um, you know, I saw Davey Boy, you know, Sid... I, I knew he was in WCW before he went to WWF in 92, 91, but 
Um, Sid to me was a WWF guy. So all these guys in WCW at the time, I was just like, I don't, I don't care about them at all. Like, why, why do I not care? It's because like the way it looks on TV, I guess a lot less lighting. Um, yeah. You know, would see like Saturday night and stuff. Clash of the champions is probably its best produced show. Cause it was actually like, it looked cool. And I actually enjoyed watching it, but um, it's kind of par for the course at that time for WCW. Yeah. It just looked, didn't look as good. And, and Eric Bischoff knew that. You know, that's why they had to brighten up the joint and change some things. Um, but I think my favorite part is of Dusty Rose telling the story is when he's talking about Cody. It's like, I think I think that was Uncle Fred. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's Uncle Fred. But of course, that's in reference to Fred Ottman, the man behind the stormtrooper helmet that fell off that night at the Clash of the Champions. Uh, this wasn't Ottman's first rodeo. He was a veteran wrestler. Uh, of course, he was one half of the natural disasters in WWF as Typhoon. True. True. Still, still one of the best tag team names of all time, and they were yeah. WWF tag team champions. But and, before that, and before that, yeah. he was Tugboat. There you go. And he was a great babyface great baby sidekick for Hulk Hogan back in the day. He's the one that brought Hulk back. After the warrior kicked his ass. There you go. So Fred Ottman, you know, Shockmaster notwithstanding, had a pretty good career to this point. Uh, you know, saying like being in a tag team champion and being pretty much Hulk Hogan's sidekick for a couple years, I'm sure that that making good money doing that. <laughs> like, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, but he also won worst gimmick of 1993 because of the Shockmaster. So, <laughs> what a shame! Two extremes there, because uh, somebody decided to put plywood on the damn thing he was supposed to come. Yeah, through. as what Dustin Rhodes said, to sabotage my ass. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, why Dustin would Rose you? Said. Why would the dress rehearsal go fine, but then like you mess with whatever went fine during the dress rehearsal? Like, why would you do that? Because uh, they don't. They didn't know what they was doing. <laughs> like that's literally it. Unbelievable, man. Unbelievable. Didn't know. I feel uh, bad for him. <laughs> like he right. could have been like a cool thing for WCW at the time, but I mean, not with the outfit. The, the fit would have never got over the the glittery stormtrooper helmet. Well, it would have never mean, stayed on, right? It it would have look. It would have been if it all went well. I, they would have given Fred Ottman a massive push, right? He's gonna be the shock master, ha ha ha, and all that. They would have at least tried. What the hell is up that voice? That that was Ole uh -huh. Anderson, like Dusty Rhodes yeah. said. Ha 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 ha! Laughs like that. Ha ha ha! But Ole's laughing before he even starts talking. Yeah, right. <laughs> you can hear him laugh. You want a piece of me? Like you can literally hear him go. How old are we right now? You can literally hear him go. <laughs> like, <laughs> hear him laugh. And like before he uh, starts talking, I call him Tugboat and. and uh, Shockmaster, like pointing at him, and they go, like, You want a piece of me? Like, the gestures <laughs> yeah. crack me up so much. Like, before he even starts talking, he's doing the gestures. He's like, already you? pointing. You want a piece of me? Come on, <laughs> come at me. And the dialogue is so trash. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, they would have tried. To say it would not have worked. <laughs> okay. They tried to do the voice thing with Black Scorpion. That didn't work. <laughs> Nobody bought that. 
nobody's gonna buy Shockmaster. I don't know how much better it would have worked out for Fred Ottman's career. Uh, if anything, it would have just fizzled out and nobody people would have forgotten about it. Instead, it's we're still talking about it 30 years later. Over 30 years later, here in 2023. Yeah, for all the wrong we're still reasons. talking about the Shockmaster. <laughs> and to his credit, Ottman has taken advantage of that and embraced it and it's made him a lot of money over the years because he can go to the conventions as a Shockmaster. You think he probably goes makes more money as a Shockmaster than he does as Typhoon at this point? Yeah, I agree. No one wants to have a photo taken with Tugboat, right? I mean, maybe <laughs> some, maybe some kids of a generation, maybe. But like Typhoon, even though he's one half of the tag team champions, one half of the natural disasters, dope tag team name. But I don't want to take a picture with Typhoon. I'd much rather take a picture with Fred Ottman with the Shockmaster mask on. The Shockmaster helmet, yeah. I should say. Yeah. So, he's taking photos at conventions with this helmet. So, shout out to him. Uh, <laughs> it's just so funny, man. Like, it's one of those and, Dusty ideas. Like, Dusty has his good ideas, like war games. Mm -hmm. And he comes up with these spectacles then he has some rough ones like Shockmaster. <laughs> and I think part of it, part, what partly makes it is the dialogue in the background where, you know, he just fell flat on his horse and stuff like that. And it's just so like in the moment because it's live TV, like Clash of the Champions were live back then. They weren't uh, taped and then aired. You know, that was the thing that made WCW different. You know, like if it was a taped show, they weren't going to show that. They were going to redo it. <laughs> So man, um, that's the fact that it was wild, live. man. Yeah. That was, and then they didn't go live all the time. No, like you said, it was really so just like pay per views and clash specials. Because the one time they go they live is yeah. when this happens, <laughs> and everybody sees it. At least whoever was watching, a right. much larger audience than you know you would want to see this. <laughs> this is Clash yeah. of the Champions. You, there's more people than usual watching. I would assume because it was live as a clash. Yep. Man. Back when they were special. Right. And before they still had the they still had the in the title, not just Clash <laughs> yeah. of Champions. Yep. Or Clash at the Castle, which is just totally <laughs> different now. <laughs> right? But yeah, that's that's the preamble, the pre prelude of sorts to Fall Brawl 93. So that's how you know it's gonna be good. It's the very first Fall Brawl, too. Like, we had war games throughout the years. We did the deep dive in Wrestle War 92, mm -hmm. the last war games match in WCW, which was May of 92. So now it's been over a year. And now we're going to have this yearly pay per view that features war games, which I don't mind too much. Uh, you know, it, it's a little weird to have like a pay per view like Hell in a Cell where you're like, I don't, I can't explain it, but it's different because I always looked forward to fall brawl war games uh things made sense you know generally going into a war games match like yeah this makes sense it needs war games uh but stuff like hell in a cell doesn't didn't really like make sense but obviously it's Vince man so you kind of like understand that um but i like the fact that they made like fall brawl uh, a pay-per-view featuring war games so like every september you had at least one war games match to look forward to and uh this was the first one that was in a pay-per-view name, I believe, because I don't even think, I don't think Wrestle War '92 like had war games in the title. It was just Wrestle War '92, you know. So, 
this is fun. I, I like the logo. I liked a lot of things about how this event uh, kind of presented itself, uh, minus the actual event. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would say Fall Brawl is a. It's probably not a name they're gonna bring back for like NXT or anything like that. But it was like a, it was a WCW event that I generally. They had brawl in the title, like they had super brawl, 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 brawl. A lot of wild, road wild. Yeah, had, I'm surprised uh, every single pay per view didn't have the word brawl in it. Multiple bashes, yeah, bash at the beach, great oh, American yeah. bash. Yeah, but I gotta have like brawl in the title, like super yeah. star brawl, Cade. Like what? Star brawl, Cade. WrestleMania bra- fall brawl. <laughs> How about that? Starcade Fall Brawl. Would WrestleMania Fall Brawl be better than WrestleMania Backlash? If there's war games, then yeah. <laughs> and that's obvious. Of course. Uh, but we start the show. Let's get to the beginning of Fall Brawl, which you heard the intro already. And we start off with Tony Schiavone and Jesse Ventura, who are calling the proceedings tonight. Uh, Jesse Ventura said he's dressed for war. Uh, yeah. But mind you, he is wearing a bedazzled leather jacket. It's probably not good war attire. And he's a uh, commentator. Yeah. He's not wrestling. So not why wrestling. is he dressed like that? Why does he think he's dressed for war? I don't know. Also, I, what I also don't know is why he kept calling people from Texas Texicans. It's yeah. not nearly as funny as he thought it was back in 93. No. No. A lot of things wrong with him on commentary back then <laughs> man oh man mm. oh man mm. he said texicans like 60 times on the show and i'm like it just feels racist right <laughs> like, yeah, yeah oh yeah from the start it's like, like come on dude i don't get it and he thought it was really clever it was like that and the the misogyny later on that you know i i noticed like so you don't have to try that hard why like it's right. Like even in we that era, it. though, even in that era, like, is it necessary? Because it has nothing to do with what we're watching either. Like, right. We He's don't just need putting that. his agenda out there. We all know Jesse Ventura is big into like, you know, global politics and stuff like that. Yeah. So he has his opinions and thoughts. And of course, he is a former governor of Minnesota. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he likes imposing that on to the audience <laughs> when he's doing commentary, especially in the early 90s, apparently. Because like you said, even Bobby Heenan, who's on commentary in 92, wasn't... Cool. I mean, I can't, can't say that, because Aruba McIntyre was a thing. Yeah. That that stuff... like the Flying Burrito was a thing. A like, lot of heel commentators that stuff. Like, Jerry Lawler would do that crap, too. So, yeah. A lot of so, the heels did it, but it was like... Now... You know, watching it as a kid and you understand like you're 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 formulated enough to know like okay, they're they're bad guys, so this isn't something good that they're saying. Um, but they're only saying it because they're a bad guy. They don't like believe these things, you know, and then but then like you grow up and you're like, Why is that in my wrestling show? Like, is it what does it add to the products? What does it add to a storyline, an angle, a match? Uh, nothing. It nothing. added nothing except just being like, sounded like an ass. So, right. you know, that's what I take out of watching these shows back in that from from those eras. Uh, really, it's only 
I'd say 2008 and before there was a there was more commentating like that where it was like lowest common denominator type stuff. Uh, kind of stay away from that now, but yeah, from like 2008 and before that, even in like WWE from like 2005, you know, it's just Jerry Lawler trying. I mean, he eventually like stopped that crap, but at the same time, like it was still there, you know, it was still like the attitude era into the uh, ruthless aggression era. And it wasn't until they got PG to where that kind of that stuff kind of stops like altogether. Um, but for companies like ECW too, it was ridiculous with that, and WCW uh, as well. So whatever. Yeah, I guess I guess it just gets tiresome at a certain point. It does. It, it's it's annoying. You know, it's like it doesn't add anything, and it, it's not like it's not designed to add anything. So just like you said, we pay more attention to that. Cause you're like, what the hell? That's stupid as hell. Like, why do you say that? Why, why we, why is it taken away from this? And blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Let's move on to another announcement on the show. It's Eric Bischoff y'all. And he, he kicks it to probably WCW's most expensive employee at the time. Why are Michael we Eric Bischoff? To kick it to Michael Buffer. Why can't Tony and Jesse <laughs> just? Know. They're right know. there. They're right outside the ring. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> Look, <sighs> I do not know. But uh, this is a time before Hulk Hogan. So my little joke there about Michael Buffer being WCW's most expensive employee might be not that big of a joke. <laughs> uh, and they got him to open to, to announce opener. the opening match. Like what? It's like, did y'all pay him twice? <laughs> If and I that was opening up, or I would have been like, uh, yeah, pretty much two matches is double the the fee, homeboy. <laughs> double the fee, partner. You mean I got to get in there and, and talk twice? No, you better double that crap, right? But that opening match that Michael Buffer is announcing is for the WCW World Television Championship. It is Ricky the Dragon Steamboat defending against Lord Steven Regal. What a great name for a title. It is. But here's the thing, man. Here's the thing that I noticed about this match. Here's my takeaway, really. And this, look, this is the first match, so we'll give them some leeway on this. But there were a lot of empty seats. <laughs> Visibly empty seats. Well, that's because they were still jamming to the rafters. They are still coming... From the you know uh, Astrodome across the street, I guess the, there might have been something there, maybe an event there. They're still coming in. Tony, I get Tony it. Got, they were, Tony got you covered, bro. They're still coming in. I and I they did fill up by the end of the show. But could you imagine the photos that would be on social media if that crowd was out there today? If AEW shows up at full gear, and the crowd looks like that for the opening match, the internet would burn. Yeah. The first pay-per-view of the Shockmaster era, not not too good. <laughs> you know, something like that. Not at the beginning, but like, you know, there's a late arriving crowd. But man, people would people would run with that. I mean, was it really filled up though? Like I'm not entirely sure. I mean, it got better it, well, from it what I could tell. But it was glaring in the beginning. Yeah. It's and definitely it's definitely glaring. It's all you know, now 
they'd ignore it most likely on commentary, but Tony had to point it out because they don't, they know we're not stupid. So somebody's going to be like, wow, like, why is it not filled up yet? You know, they got to mention like, hey, here's why it's not filled up yet and just make up a reason or whatever. But at least it's not insulting your intelligence type stuff that we still get from uh, time to time. Yeah. But like the way I took, the way I looked at it was that young bucks uh, always do it to us. So. <laughs> the, the way I looked at it though was that 1993 WCW was proof that you need more than just great in-ring action to sell a lot of tickets because it won't get much better in the ring than Lord Steven Regal and Ricky Steamboat and the people apparently weren't flocking to the arena to see that at least not early well, they might have. They're probably hoping it would be right before War Games. You know? I guess that's fair. But I'm I'm just always of the opinion that the fans need more than just great in ring action. I'm I just said that right. Like talk about AEW and WWE. Uh, the in ring product hasn't really uh, been as good with both companies in a very, very long time. Uh, there's like rarely any bad matches and I'm just not there because there's not like a story line right now that grips me. And that's uh, exactly what you're saying. Like what storyline in 93 WCW, like had people gripped at that point. I mean, I, I would say for right now, at least I would say war games does it for me. Uh, for WWE, at least. Uh, War Games, like I said, AW. I'm here for the Texas Deathmatch stuff. I'm here for both War Games matches, I should say, in WWE. And I'm looking forward to what happens with the branching offs of the stories. Sami Zayn's going to have his own path. Drew McIntyre, you know, Seth Rollins. Like they're all going to branch off again. Interested to see where that goes. So I'll say that for me. But 93? Woof. <laughs> Because are you really looking forward to watching the Cactus Jack amnesia angle? Uh, I don't know. Maybe he's that might have been entertaining. That might have been pretending to sleep with the homeless in Cleveland of all places. What? I mean, why not? We'll talk about it. <laughs> we'll talk about it. <laughs> to be fair, though, you know, as far as the people running late or whatever. This was still also early in the Eric Bischoff regime. He's not even a full year into his tenure as the executive producer. He was just named to that position in February of 93. So clearly he had some work to do. And look, by 94, they WCW lands the biggest name in wrestling history to that point. Didn't matter if Hulk Hogan was slightly past his prime or in desperate need of a refresh. They still got him. So, you know, things, the wheels were in motion, I guess you could say. Um, but as far as this match itself, it's, it was a good match. It was a long match. It was a good match. We got Regal and Steamboat. That's not really surprising. Uh, Regal targeted Ricky Steamboat's injured ribs, which, you know, I like how Jesse Ventura brings up the fact that the, the tape on the ribs, what does that really solve at the end of the day? <laughs> like, it doesn't really do anything. 
But it's also Doesn't like, it, like hey, man, hinder your mobility if you're trying to like wrestle. <laughs> I guess I don't know, but it's don't bring up the fact that we're using this really as a visual indicator to the audience that the baby face is hurt. Like, don't give that away. Don't poke a hole. I don't think he should poke a hole in that logic. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like because it probably doesn't make any sense that someone would just put rib tape on their ribs and it's supposed to help them. In any they sort did of it, way, uh, with DDP too in 1997, I just love that. And they've done it. <laughs> WWF has done it. Like every promotion has done the taped ribs angle for babyface, especially. So it's not like it's like something that hasn't been done numerous times over the years. It has, but it never really makes sense. But Jesse Ventura doesn't have to poke the hole in the logic. <laughs> Leave yep. it alone, buddy. <laughs> He's injured. Ribs are taped. So it needs to be known. Uh, but meanwhile, Ricky Steamboat is working on Regal's arm. Uh, he also played legit possum <laughs> during the match, which is not usually a big babyface move. Um, but Sir William, not Re- William Regal, but Sir William, that's Stephen Regal's manager, was screaming at Stephen Regal that it was a trap. <laughs> Don't fall for the playing possum. It's <laughs> a trap. Regal didn't listen. He almost got pinned <laughs> because of that. Stubborn. Almost got pinned. Uh, but Sir William recovered from that and eventually went on to beat Ricky Steamboat with the help of Sir William and his umbrella, which already injured Steamboat's ribs. It, the umbrella comes into play again when he hits Steamboat over the back with it, allowing Stephen Regal, Stephen Regal, to get the pin and become yeah. the new world television champion regal's first singles championship and world championship wrestling how about that uh, it only happened because ricky steamboat stayed there for like eight thousand hours waiting to get hit with the umbrella i mean he certainly did it's supposed, i think it was supposed to happen before he did, well i guess he's supposed to come up first when the skin the cat yeah, thing. as soon as he, he, he gets hit up, he, he gets hit it but i guess sir william missed his cue when he's like oh yeah here I go, and I'm going to hit you. Yeah, like, the, I hate stuff like that. I hate it. The timing wasn't perfect on that. Yeah, no. when, when it, like the Shockmaster had a better debut than that ending. No, <laughs> stop it right now. Unless you judge by the fact that we're still talking about it, then I guess. But. But yeah, yeah. No one was talking about that ending until this <laughs> podcast. Like, it's like, Ricky, come on, man. Like, you don't got to wait. Just... Do it again, then. Like, do the spot again. <laughs> like, make Sir William uh, have to figure it out. Like, I, I understand, but still, it's like sloppy crap. I hate it. Well, we're moving crap. on from the World TV title match to Eric Bischoff interviewing the Nasty Boys, who are hyping up their tag team title match against Paul Anderson. Not Paul Anderson, <laughs> Paul Roma <laughs> and Arn Anderson. Arn Roma and Paul Anderson. Yeah, Arn Roma and Paul Anderson of the Horseman Horse Four. four. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're of the Four Horsemen, of course. Uh, and they talk about they got a big surprise. Nasty boys do. They talk about I got a big surprise for the match tonight. <laughs> Later on in the evening. Like- and then they tell him, we're going to beat you like this. And it's like, oh, okay. Now it's just like, we're going to beat you with a bulldog. It's like, okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, out there. <laughs> yep. One of the most, like, 
I couldn't clip anything from the show. Everything sucked. <laughs> like that, even that interview sucked. Like, there's nothing entertaining about that. There's nothing entertaining about any of the interviews they've done. This show, like, why did we need that? It's not even the next match. Like, get out of here, man. I guess they had to hype up the the, the surprise. It wasn't that this really is, a big of a surprise that this played is, a real big factor it, in the ending of the match, but. It's also they tape TV after, you know, the uh, to air after live shows. So they had already taped TV that had the Nasty Boys as tag team champions with Missy Hyatt. So it's like the people that have already been to those shows are kind of like, oh, wow. I'm like, oh, cool. I was unaware of that. Yeah. So that's silly. I don't know how much they, you know, did that in that era, but it's like. I know WWF did it a few times, but it's like, why are you? Taping? Didn't they have? I know that like you don't have the internet. Luger walk out as champion one time. Yeah, yeah that also. was. So that segment was. I kind of get that. It was like, how would it look like if you won the title? And then they kind of did that. It wasn't like I guess they wanted to gauge like a crowd reaction. Maybe it was really. It, I think I want to say it's uploaded. It was uploaded on uh, WWE Network. I don't know if it's on Peacock uh, before they they switch, but. I remember watching that and uh, it was just a really interesting segment, like a weird segment where it's like, how would it sound like if Lex Luger was the WWF champion? And then they did this. It was so stupid. Yeah. Nonetheless, we got to move on to please, <laughs> please to a second match of the evening. We're going to spend a lot of time on this one. It is big sky. Who? Not the mid-major conference in NCAA. <laughs> Talking about an actual person. Yeah. He's going against not Chuck Norris, <laughs> but Charlie Norris. Who? Yeah. Not Big Sky, the conference that started in 1963. No, 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 no. This is a person. This is, you know. <laughs> they called him... Big. big Sky, when the Big Sky Conference already existed. <laughs> Some of the WCW names were brutal, dude. Like WWF kind of had like cool names. <laughs> like WCW did not. Like Sting was a cool name, but that's about it. <laughs> that's it. That's it. But yeah, you're probably wondering, like the rest of us, who the hell are these people? I'll tell you. Let's start with Charlie Norris. He was a journeyman wrestler. You're going to hear that a lot on this show, by the way. Uh, he unfortunately passed away earlier this year, February 6th, at the age of 59. Uh, but journeyman wrestler, he was out here. Big Sky, however, and less tragic story. Uh, real name Tyler Maine. He has played much more uh, exciting characters over the years than the Big Sky. Probably his least exciting character he's ever played. Uh, he's played much more exciting characters. Like I said, he's an accomplished actor, actually, because he's played iconic characters such as Sabretooth in the original X-Men movie. Or how about Michael Myers in the Rob Zombie Halloween movies? That's pretty big. Play Michael Myers. 
the not the original Halloween movies, right? No, and the no. Rob Zombie ones. This yeah. is like two thousands. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, he did. He did Halloween one, Halloween two. He did like his own, you know, takes on those two movies, and they did. They started a new type of trilogy in like 2018 with Jamie Lee Curtis and stuff like that. They just finished that yeah, up, yeah, I think, yeah. last year. 2022, I think. Was, didn't I, Rob Zombie, wasn't he going to do like a Flyers movie or something? Broad Street Bullies or no? Rob Zombie? Yeah. I do Rob not recall Zombie. that at all. It was like something with Philly. I have to like double check that. But... I'm trying to think of a, a, a Rob Zombie hockey movie. Sounds brutally violent. <laughs> That'd be wild though if that would yeah to happen. Is that a recent thing I, that he's yeah, that 11, come up? 11, 11 years ago? Yeah, it was about the oh wow, it, it never came to fruition, but it was in the in the works. But okay, so it's in production it hell. It went away. Yeah, a Broad Street Bullies movie would do numbers, I think, or maybe not a maybe not a movie, but like a TV series. Maybe you know that's that's the thing that happens these days. Obviously, big properties like that or big stories. Tell it over the course of eight one hour episodes or something like that. Yeah. Uh just got finished watching a show like that, like the, the Fall of the House of Usher. Yeah. Thoroughly enjoyed it, by the way. If you if anybody wants to watch it on Netflix. So um, you watch that and Fall Brawl. How about there that? There you go. There you go. What's that? Legend, Legends of the Fall. You could do that too. But back to Tyler Maine. He's appeared in more movies than just X-Men and the Rob Zombie Halloween movies. He's also appeared in Troy, Joe Dirt, another Rob Zombie movie, The Devil's Rejects. The remember Monk, the TV show Monk. Yeah, and he also appeared in The Scorpion King, which starred a ah. much more famous wrestler in The Rock. How about that? He also has an uncredited appearance in another Rob Zombie movie. Well, oh, I just said this, The Devil's Rejects. I just wrote my same note twice. Uh, but his first major role was being named after a mid-major in WCW. <laughs> <laughs> Big Sky. Like, what? Yep. Home to one of the schools is Eastern Washington. I know that because I watch a lot of uh, not just NFL football, but other leagues of football. And just a good amount of quarterbacks to come out of Eastern Washington. But if you want to go to the NFL as far as Eastern Washington football players, look no further than Cooper Cup from the Los Angeles Rams. Ooh. There you go. Didn't he put up some numbers against the Eagles back in Put up some numbers for me and my fantasy team back in 2021. So I ain't Yeah, not this year though. What the hell's wrong with him? I ain't gonna do it there. I'm talking about 2021 when my team was was like number one pick in two leagues this year. Oh man. He done he done me dirty, man. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You, me you dirty. picked Cooper Cup number one in multiple leagues? No, no I did not. I'm but about to I, say. I, I was just like exaggerating for emphasis. I'm about he, to say. He was my number he wasn't, two pick. He didn't play for the first like, yeah, four weeks of the season. Yeah, but he wasn't injured. No one thought he was as injured as you know he was. And I got, got you. He, he had a setback. So it's like, all right, do you... Cooper Cup's going to be gone within like the first two rounds. So he, That's true. 12-team 12, 12 league, like he's there. I got to take him, especially if it was like number two. Because uh, yeah, he's a PPR monster, like second round. So and Puka Nakua is a PPR monster now. Huh? Yeah, yeah, taking taking stuff away from Cup. Cool, cool, love it, love it. Oh, so you hate Puka Nakua now? <laughs> he's my arch nemesis. <laughs> taking stuff away from my Cooper Cup. 
<laughs> man, I'm sorry to hear that. I'm yeah, I mean, like, that. I haven't been this poor in fantasy football in a long time. Like, I'm losing every oh, no. game. It sucks. I've never, like, I'm usually really good. I always make the playoffs, and and uh, I think, I mean, sometimes I lose in the first round, but I always make the playoffs, and I'm in danger of not making the playoffs in either league. So I'm kind of pissed. Oh, my God. Serious business. I, no, look, I've heard, I, I was talking to a coworker who told me about some of the, uh, high stakes leagues they've been in, they've been privy to or been involved in, and this serious, bro. <laughs> like for the amount of money that gets thrown around in some of these leagues, I was unaware of, but um, I have not been privy to that. Um, but yeah, it's serious business. Uh, but let's get back to the serious business of Fall Brawl '93 because we got this match: Big Sky, Chuck Norris, not Chuck Norris, <laughs> sorry, Charlie Norris. My apologies. And what's interesting is uh, this is a year. I I don't know when Charlie Norris debuted uh, with WCW or if he was always this Native American character, but it makes me think about WWF bringing in Tatanka as the Native it's, American character and bro, uh, you know the the popularity of him. You know, uh, kind of literally. Like my next note in my notes was 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 Norris supposed to be WCW's version of Tatanka? But like he didn't do much. Like he didn't. He didn't do much. Like he, <laughs> he like he didn't dance around like Tatanka. I don't know. Like he, <laughs> he wasn't Native American <laughs> enough for you. I didn't say that. <laughs> I'm not gonna say that. I am not saying that. But no, no, uh, no. I understand. <laughs> the <laughs> Tatanka, like Tatanka I, had more charisma. Let's just say of, that. It, like he was my version of what a native american is like i didn't really learn much yet in school like yeah we did like thanksgiving and stuff like that but like i had no idea about native americans and pilgrims stuff like that like i just i wasn't retaining as much information in my formative in my early formative years uh as i did as i got older so for me like someone like tataka was like the quintessential i guess native american where um, obviously Pocahontas too. Like I remember going to see the Disney movie Pocahontas. So to me, like that stuff was what Native American was. I didn't even understand the term Native American. I was just okay, Native American. Uh I did not realize that they were native to America. You know, like I I just never put two and two together until way later. And we're <laughs> I know you're <laughs> you're you're reacting to what I'm watching too. And I what are we watching right now? I'm sorry oh, to cut you off, but no, I'm watching but, Dynamite. And too, wait but, a second, all hell's broken loose. For one, Hobbs is body slam big show on top of a did. car, or Paul White, I should say. But no, he's Ibushi is riding a bicycle. He's bicycle, bicycle. Yeah. bicycle. Did he, he got like a bicycle. off it or something. He rode a bicycle down to the ring, lightly tapped somebody, <laughs> and they fall. Then he. He rides around and gets destroyed by Brian Cage. He took a crazy bump. And now somebody's swinging a bicycle in the ring. And everybody. Oh, my God. This match is stupid right now. But I'm what sorry. What is this match supposed to be? Oh, Paul White is, oh is hurt. God. He of is course hurt. he's not going to wrestle. Why do you Ooh. even... Why do you even? Oh, geez, a brain. Takeshka is just bike? using. I've never seen a wrestler use a bike. Like Takeshka is using a bike right now. He's, He's got, got a bicycle. bicycle. <laughs> oh, look at that scar. 
That's a oh my god! Boat. I can't Why believe are we I just, having a commercial. I can't believe I just used it. He's got a bicycle. It just took me that long to use that. Well, me but, too. Um, like, <laughs> unfortunately, this why, this match is more we, entertaining than the Big Sky uh, Charlie Morris match. There's a commercial. What are we doing? Uh, even those pitcher and pitcher, like, what the hell are we going to commercial for during this? I don't know, but why is Chris Jericho wearing a suit? I think they're doing something for him and Big Show. Not I keep calling him Big Show. <laughs> Paul White came out in matching suits. I think to promote uh, the game or promote the what game AEW Fight Forever. <laughs> no, the whatever they're promoting on the side there on the on the on the ring apron. Uh, Fight Forever. So I'm not sure if that's a game or a movie, whatever. But either way, it's, it's promotion pro, for that. <laughs> I think it is. But uh. My point is, oh, this match that we're talking about, Big Sky and Charlie Norris, is very much skippable. <laughs> no disrespect to Charlie Norris's uh, family. I'm sure he's a great dude, great wrestler, but they were not over. <laughs> so but again, you know, like I, to me, Tataka uh, was so popular too. Like I wanted to see him beat up like everybody, and Bam Bam Bigelow beat him up one time backstage, and then Ludwig Borga beat him. On well, superstars, one time I'm like, oh, that son of a ugh. like Tataka was one of my favorites at the time. Um, so I don't, I don't know if that's what they were going for or what, but uh, he definitely wasn't as charismatic. That's the word I was looking for earlier. Um, not <laughs> he didn't <laughs> dance around and like Tataka as much, but uh, Charlie Norris was not charismatic at all. Like he comes out here and you're just kind of like, okay, did people leave after the first match? Like that's kind of like how it, how it felt. He's, he's getting a push. I, I, I don't know how long it lasted, but he's getting a push at this point. He's undefeated. Um, But we got to move on to Tony Schiavone and Jesse the Body Ventura. They're at ringside and they say, let's go backstage to our broadcast colleague, Scott Dunlap. And when Jesse the Body Ventura goes, who? He's <laughs> like, okay, Bobby. Okay, Bobby Jesse Hannon. Ventura. What he would always do with your guy, Sean Mooney. <laughs> who? But the thing is, Scott Dunlap is not a normal backstage interviewer for WCW. He's not a regular backstage interviewer. This is a special occasion because Scott Dunlap was a young man who was suffering from spastic cerebral palsy. And WCW did the nice gesture of letting him interview wrestlers on TV. He interviewed. But they couldn't have done, you know, better than Davey Boy Smith, who never has a good promo. Look. Look, let's let's just get the kid what he wants here, okay? <laughs> like maybe he wanted, or maybe he wanted David Boy Bulldog, right? You know, he did this interview with Bulldog. He also did an interview with Ric Flair at some point. So good for Scott. He did a great yeah. job. Yeah, he, and did. he threw it back to Gary Michael Capetta like a pro. I still don't know why Jesse Ventura would go. Who? Like, did he not know that this young man had cerebral palsy? And if just... he did, why would he go who? Or if he didn't know, which I mean, he could have not known. Why didn't someone clue him in beforehand? I'm like, sure. hey, don't make fun of the kid with cerebral palsy because he has cerebral palsy. Let him do his thing. He's living out his dream right now. Good for him. So weird stuff going uh, on. In Jesse show. doesn't do that. He's got to be a heel at all times, man. At all, no, he don't have to be a heel now. Let the kid do his thing. It's a nice gesture it, to WCW. Again. This is the best thing WCW did all night. Yeah, 
Yeah, or one again, of the best things for again, sure. Again, it's Jesse Ventura just being annoying. I don't know. Like we don't need that. It doesn't add anything to anything. I don't know. It didn't like yeah, like you, you're right. It didn't add anything. It didn't add to. It didn't, he I had to be the he had to be the one to have the last line or something. Did it really give him more heat? Like I don't know. Hmm. Heat that he didn't need. Not at all. I don't know. Everybody already knew he was a jackass, so <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, he didn't. He didn't need to convince anybody else. But I guess if people didn't know, then they knew after that. I guess. I don't know if WCW clued a whole lot of people in what was happening either. I had to do some Google searching myself. Google didn't exist in 1993. <laughs> so I don't know. Well, you know, they did put a freaking two by four on, a, <laughs> on the thing. Yeah. So it is sabotaged the right the, hand. The Shockmaster ne- never knows what the left hand is doing over there. Unknowingly sabotaged them. <laughs> Saboteur. Hey, who does that? Who makes that? Who makes that call like after they do it, you know, behind the scenes? And they're like, okay, this is what we're going to do. You know what? Let's add a big bar right where he jumps. Like, what? Yeah, I don't know. I don't Stupid. Know. Moving on to a tag team match player. <laughs> we got Tuco Scorpio and Marcus Alexander Bagwell going against Mr. Wonderful, Paul Orndorff, and the Equalizer. No. Not Denzel Washington. <laughs> Another journeyman wrestler in WCW. That's who he was. Good old equalizer. Teaming up with Paul Ondorf. Real name Dave Sullivan. Kevin's brother. Yeah. Right. In storyline, right? Or real life. I don't even know. Storyline. Oh, okay. So not David Sullivan. William da- Dannenhauer. Real name. But Danhauser? Not Danhausen. Danhausen? <laughs> Dannenhauer. Uh, but <laughs> also played Dave Sullivan at one point in WCW. So here, he's the equalizer. He didn't help because they lost. <laughs> okay. Didn't equalize anything. Uh, Scorpio hit a 450 splash, picked up the win. The heels got their heat back after the match, but it didn't matter. They lost. Anything else you want to add about that? Uh, uh, yeah, a ton. Okay. Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> um, not a ton, but uh, I was a big fan of Too Cold Scorpio at the time. And I love that he was like, Set it to the camera. We coming after those tag titles, and I'm like, hell yeah! Like I'd like to see those as tag champs. I think we did eventually. Um, Marcus Bagwell being like rookie of the year, you know, it was kind of funny. Um, but they he wasn't called Marcus Bagwell. They called him. They introduced him as Marcus Alexander, and I remember like him going by that for a, a little bit. Um, then knowing like his name was Bagwell, I was like. Oh, he's he's definitely Jeff Bagwell's brother from the Astros. <laughs> <laughs> like they look alike too. Like in my head, you know, I'm because you know pe- people that have the same name, they're all related. You know, to me and such a big baseball so, fan, man. 
Yeah, man. So remember Jeff Bagwell and Craig Biggio on the Astros oh, back in the day? Yeah. Right across the street from where this pay per view is taking place. Yeah, in the Astrodome. Yeah. They was, man, <laughs> they was doing numbers back in the day. Are they both in the Hall of Fame, too? I believe so. Yeah. Jeff might have been. Fame. Jeff might have. I don't remember if he was taking anything <laughs> uh, or not. Uh, I, but, um, I, I just remember him like breaking his knuckle. One of my first like baseball, big baseball memories, uh, getting hit in the hand. And then he started wearing that thing right on his over his knuckles, that pad that would like squeak every time because right. he would wiggle the bat and everything. And I it was like, awesome. I love that uh, early baseball fan, Nick, where I was just so like, I had to pay attention to everybody else because the Phillies were terrible after 93. So, well, Craig B, no, Jeff Bagwell, I should say, won the MVP in 94, and he is indeed in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Not went to four All Star games. Went to four All Star games. Went, not, not, got in the Hall of Fame, but he wasn't MVP. So, oh, so the Celtics are going to beat the Sixers. Cool. And Craig Biggio also in the Hall of Fame, seven time All Star, four time Gold Glove. Five times Silver Slugger. Woo! Hall of Fame credentials right there. Uh, but we move on from two core Scorpio and a tremendous 450 splash. Why are the Sixers pissing me off? Don't worry about it. It's only November, Nick. It's only November. And Kelly Uber got hit by a car, allegedly. Well, not allegedly. <laughs> we don't know uh, the footage. The footage has not been found, but he is a victim of a hit and run. That's what we do know. So he's banged up. We do he's know not, that. But he's not, he's he's not never mind. He can't be the reason the Sixers are gonna lose two in a row. Well, he's part of the depth that they sorely lack right now because him and Batum are out. But every, everyone told told me their bench was great now. And now it was when Ubre was healthy. <laughs> like <laughs> Yeah. When Ubre was healthy and before this incident, uh what was it Saturday or something like that? Uh, yeah, something like he, that. The, the bench was good, so but let's move on. <laughs> we got Eric Bischoff, he's interviewing Stephen Regal with with Lord William. I don't know if you clipped this off at all. Nope, not a, not entertaining. Yeah, we, we got nothing out of that. Uh, we can move on from that to <laughs> nothing <laughs> was entertaining, like nothing. We're gonna move on from that to. Ice train against Shanghai Pierce. He's WCW ninety three was in rough shape, bro. Dude, <laughs> okay. First of all, he's got Texas on his ass, and his name is Shanghai. I don't get it. But his his like partner is Tex Slazinger, which yep. is Phineas. Mm hmm. The hell's going on here? And Shanghai Pierce is. Mark Canterbury, better known as Henry O. Godwin. Wearing a mask, though. Like Wearing a mask. Don't what? know why. Uh, at least, like, I, I said, 93 WCW was rough, bro. Because at least 95, they had Hogan and Savage. At least they were, like, big stars. 93, we got Ice Train and Shanghai Pierce. <laughs> what the hell? So he went from this, like, Texan with a mask with the uh, a name that's not Amer not very American. Like, why is 
he got Texas on his tights, but his name's Shanghai. To Arkansas, Arkansas pig farmer in WWF. Wow, Nick Wayne just hit uh, Obushi with a tombstone through some plywood, or uh, not plywood, a, a sign and some steel chairs. That looked terrible. Why? Why is this a thing? What? What, what is this? Look at this. This is, this made, this is wild. Ooh, ow. There, there it is. AEW Fight Forever. It's available now. It's <laughs> still available, y'all. Uh, please buy this video game. Uh, thankfully, though, this Ice Train Shanghai Pierce match was short. So we can move on quickly to the WCW World Tag Team Championship. It is Arn Anderson and Paul Roma representing the Four Horsemen defending against the Nasty Boys who oh, come wow. out with their big surprise. It's Missy Hyatt, y'all. Right? You surprised, wow. y'all? You 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 going crazy? Wow. Missy Hyatt. Wow. Cool. Tony Schiavone and Jesse Ventura, they were surprised. Cool. But it's nasty boys. Well, um, Jesse Ventura was like, I <laughs> he knew that it was her because uh, of her pecs. That's what he said. Well, there it is. <laughs> uh, Anderson and Roma, by the way, are baby faces, just in case you know. They're a part of the Four Horsemen, but they're the baby faces. Four Horsemen are baby faces right now. Ric Flair, baby face. This match, though, they look like heels. I'm sorry. They cut off the ring. They worked body parts. I was almost waiting for the, for the Nasty Boys to make a hot tag. And... Everybody was fast shaming the nasty boys. I kind of felt bad for him. If you mess with the boys, we'll rearrange the team. Red boys. Red boys. We're the nasty boys. Red boys. We're the boys. We're the nasty boys. Playing so much of this song. You could totally don't own. Rock out to that. No, you cannot. You absolutely could. No. Driving down the street. No. Windows down. You can't go around town being called the nasty boys, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Me and you riding downtown Philly blasted that. Like we're the nasty boys. The People would be like, you nasty. Boys. We'd be like, hell yeah, we nasty. I don't know if that would even fly during WrestleMania weekend. <laughs> when there's a hundred thousand wrestling fans here. You don't think so? I don't know, man. People still might look at you like, yo, yo y'all wild. <laughs> y'all wild. No, we ain't wild. We nasty. You're nasty. <laughs> he's going to say I think he's going to say that. Y'all are wild. And crazy. <laughs> wild and crazy kids. Is. <laughs> Classic show, by the way. Classic show. It was. Uh, I mentioned the fans talking about the nasty boys. And, of course, we're in Houston. And because we're in Houston, Jesse Ventura and Tony Schiavone, they brought up the Houston Oilers. Yeah, they did. They did. You know, for those who don't know, the Houston Texans didn't always belong. You know, they didn't, they didn't haven't been in Houston that long. What? They've only been in Houston since 2002. What? Before them, though, they were the Houston Oilers. Oh. From the 60s moved, to the late 90s. They moved to Edmonton, I guess. They moved to Tennessee. Oh, so they're the Tennessee Oilers. They became the Tennessee Oilers for a little bit. And then they changed the name to the Tennessee Titans in 1999. 
shed that well, Oilers that was name. The first season. They were the actual. I was. I thought I was kidding. They were actually called the Tennessee Oilers for a bit. Yeah. Oh, I did not know that. I think 97, 98. I think both of those years, at least 98. Because the next and year they became the Titans. They went, to the, they went to the Super Bowl their first year as the Titans then. Yep. Gotcha. That was the first year I started paying close attention to the NFL. So the Rams, Titans was my first like big Super Bowl. I paid attention to the Super Bowl before that, but that was like the first Super Bowl I saw where I paid attention to like the whole season. So you picked a. Good game, but a strange matchup to finally check in. It's like, yeah, I mean, to like, that point, Titans Rams is like what? And <laughs> yeah, and I didn't even realize uh, Dick Vermeil was the coach, obviously, but then Kurt Warner wasn't their starter, like at the beginning of the year and stuff like that. Like, I, you know, it was kind of like interesting looking back, you know, because I was focused on the Eagles mostly, but I was like taking in a lot of the other action and. um I did not realize that was the Titans' first uh, season as the Titans. And I saw, like, the miracle of uh, Music City Miracle. You know, that was a crazy playoff game to, like, see the ending to. And I'm just like, oh, my God, like, has football always been this awesome? <laughs> no, like, <laughs> not always, but. Yeah, not, not always. Not but. always. Speaking of awesome, good. those Houston Oilers, they were involved in an awesome game, awesome game not long before this. Early in 1993, to be yeah. exact. Okay. <laughs> you ready to take a walk with me here? Let's go. Okay. Because those Houston Oilers were involved in the biggest comeback in NFL history on January 3rd, 1993. Jackson Ventura brought it up a little bit and mentioned this comeback. It's not awesome from the Oilers standpoint. If you're a Houston Oilers slash Tennessee Titans fans now, which is kind of weird when the Titans wear the Oilers throwbacks, they're not in Houston no more. Um, and the, the Oilers, it just feels different when it's the Titans wearing it. Great throwbacks, though, mind you, by the way. Uh, don't want to disrespect the, 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 the Houston Oilers throwbacks. They're great. Just feels kind of weird. But they were involved on the wrong side of the largest comeback in NFL history, at least postseason history. I think in all of NFL history, too. Uh, they were, the Oilers were, Leading the Buffalo Bills 35 to 3. An AFC wildcard playoff game for the 92 season, but of course, this happened in early January of 93. Only for the Bills to come all the way back and win the game 41 to 33 in overtime. The Bills accomplished this feat with their backup quarterback as Jim Kelly was injured. But Nick Pacone, do you know who their quarterback was that day? The Houston or Buffalo? Buffalo. I'm sorry. The is Buffalo that, Bills that this was that, their backup quarterback. Is that Doug Flutie? Nope. Hmm. He was still in the CFL by that point, I'm sure. Oh. Uh, Frank Reich. Ding, 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 ding. You got yeah, that trivia question right. <laughs> it's our boy. No, Frank was, Reich. So I definitely knew it because I heard it, you know, plenty of times in Philly lore. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. Frank Reich, former offensive coordinator for the Eagles, former head coach of the Indianapolis coach, Colts, and the current head coach of the Carolina Panthers, who I were... I like how you put current there. <laughs> yes, current, as of this recording. Okay. As of this recording. Uh, because they are probably going to get the number one overall pick again this year. Oh, wait. That won't happen. Uh, because they traded that pick to the Bears. <laughs> oh, oh. 
Oh. That's how they got the number one overall pick last year to get uh, who's the quarterback's name? Bryce Young. Yeah. And they they would get the number one overall pick probably again this year, but uh-huh. that's Chicago's now. You think so Chicago would more? trade it back? Be like, ah, oh, we feel bad for you. Here. <laughs> Hell no, uh, they need the help. <laughs> <laughs> you see, have you seen the Bears play? <laughs> They need that pick. They're like, thank the Lord we got that number one pick again. <laughs> right. What? No, no hell no. Lose for the second night in a row after an 8-1 start. Uh-oh. Is Nick Nurse on the hot seat? Okay. <laughs> Tomorrow on WIP. We're going to talk about it. <laughs> Watch out for that poll on Twitter. By the way, this World Tag Team title match at uh, Fall Brawl, kind of boring. And the finish with the nasty boys winning, kind of anticlimactic. Twenty plus minutes for this. What are we doing here? I don't know. I wasn't really here for it. <laughs> uh, however, the nasty boys—they're on a short list of teams to win both the WCW and WWF tag team titles. That list would include That's the Dudley Boys list. and Undertaker and Kane. But I'm really talking about the nasty boys and the Steiners who actually worked for WWF and WCW and won those titles. I'm not talking about the Dudley Boys and Undertaker and Kane when they won it during the invasion or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> we right? shouldn't count any of those. Right? Like, The Rock was WCW champion. Like, right. That's, I mean, that's, I mean a cra- that's a funny trivia question because I remember seeing, like, The Rock is WCW champion and, like, totally forgetting about that. So so that was Chris Jericho. Yeah. Technically. yeah, yeah. <laughs> he won his first world title the WCW title in WWF. <laughs> How weird was that? What a weird oh, time. Jeez. Now, if you want to expand that, though, to the NWA, you also could include the Road Warriors, but the Road Warriors never won the WCW tag team titles. Hmm. And kind of wild. Arn Anderson and uh, I guess Tully Blanchard never won the titles in WWF, right? But I don't think they I were. Tag, they did. Were they tag champions? And I'm talking about as a singular team, not just people. There's a lot of people who've won both. Yeah, but like as a team, though. They, I don't remember them. I will. If you're talking specifically WCW, they didn't win the WCW titles today. Okay, I don't. But they won the NWA titles, I would assume. But I don't, I don't know. As a tag I team, were they because the, were they a tag team in WCW? I don't right? recall. I thought they were singles guys. No, but, Tully was a singles. Because Arn was with Oli. So. Yeah, or with Barry Windham, I guess, or I don't know. Yeah, but I know no. Tully was a single for the most part until they went to WWF and they became tag team. The Brainbusters, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there's that. But we got to move on. We got a video package on our boy Cactus Jack. This is something I probably could have clipped, but I didn't. But it's kind of funny. This it's, it's a it's a wild one. Okay, <laughs> this video is about Cactus Jack's feud with Big Van Vader, who he's not wrestling really... tonight. By the way, he's not in War Games. Cactus Jack's not in War Games, and uh, they're not wrestling tonight. So, well, he it's did wrestle, not against each other. No, but they will next month. Halloween Havoc. But this feud is really over a bag. That's what this feud is over. Okay? In the midst of getting beat up by Vader, Cactus Jack loses his bag. Harley Race steals it. This bag is like the source of Cactus Jack's power and his memory. 
according to the story at this point. And when he gets injured, Cactus Jack, that is, and loses his bag, he just disappears. So WCW sends out a reporter by the name of Catherine White, who I couldn't find anything on, related to wrestling at least, uh, or anything about who she was. They send her out to find Cactus Jack. She couldn't find him at first. She gets a clue. Well, well, even before she gets this clue, she goes to Cactus Jack's house. His wife hadn't seen him. She gets a clue. No word where this clue came from. That he's somewhere in Cleveland. Of all places. She had to go, Catherine White, that is, had to go to the slums of Cleveland to find Cactus Jack. And there he was in the slums of Cleveland, hanging out with the homeless, with the unhoused in Cleveland. And he's suffering from amnesia. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> so he's homeless, shaved his beard, and has no memory of who he was. The hell is going on here? <laughs> he's Jack the Scack. They bring out his family. <laughs> that was really funny. His wife is crying. Jack, you don't remember? Jack? <laughs> His son, quote unquote, son is there. And he's like, I don't yeah, know who you are. Was the son born yet? Like, was Dewey born yet? Like, I think Dewey was born. So. I think he was like a year old. Maybe it wasn't. Uh, oh, well. Yeah, it wasn't the kid so, in that video. Definitely not. That kid was like eight. <laughs> that kid was born like 84 so cactus first started wrestling uh, must but, be that one night stand in msg or something oh my god but cactus jack looks that lady in her face age. cactus looks that lady in her face and goes i don't know who you are <laughs> <laughs> why do you call me cactus jack what do you call me by this name? I am just a low, just a just a lowly sailor. Oh. What? <laughs> they couldn't get anything to jog his memory. That nothing worked. Harlow Race has the bag, but then he got it back. I don't know. I don't know. He apparently started remembering stuff. But no, he didn't get the bag until after the match. That's true. But then he started remembering stuff out of nowhere. Well, that's what happens when you have amnesia. I guess. I, I'm guessing, too. I have no clue. I'm not Turns out he never had amnesia. He admitted that he didn't have amnesia. Oh, it's really? all a ruse. Oh. It's all a clever ruse, y'all. He told us while cutting a promo in front of a bunch of Smashing Pumpkins posters, which Wait is hilarious given the wrestling climate we live in today. So he did that? He didn't, like... He didn't, you know, give his wife a heads up like, "Hey, I'm just doing this for fun." Like, I'm, I know I who you are. So. I'm good. Like, why, why would he do that to her in front of the camera? I she's crying, so. pleading. Maybe she's a good actor, actress. I don't know. It's it's WCW all WCW ninety ninety three man. It's all terrible, regardless. You're telling okay. me the Lex Express was worse than this. No, it wasn't actually. I agree with you. <laughs> the Lex Express was well, much more well done than 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 this. MJF man getting beat up in the ring by four people. Has no friends now. Well, no he shouldn't friends. have been such a jerk those first like five years. 
Your claim is somewhere, right? I don't know. Back to Fall Brawl. Because uh, you know what else is terrible besides his angle? Is the gimmick they slapped on Chris Champion. <sighs> Mick, well, not Mick Foley's opponent. Cactus Jack's opponent <laughs> on this night. He's not it's Chris not Champion. Vader, and it's not Vader. It's not Vader. We won't see that until a Texas death match. It's like we're getting with Swerve and Adam Page. We're not getting that to Halloween Havoc. On this night, we're getting a bounty match. Like Cactus paper Jack. Towels. Paper towels. And it's going to be Cactus Jack against Yoshi Kwan. A.K.A. probably the one of the most racist gimmicks in wrestling history. Because you're like probably wondering, Chris Champion, he's from, you know, again, unfortunately passed away in 2018, but Chris Champion. He was from the UK. That's a that's a white person. Why is his name Yoshi Kwan? Well, I guess someone in WCW saw that he was in uh, Frontier Martial Arts in Japan and said, well, you're Japanese now. You're from Hong Kong. Not only are you from Hong Kong, we're going to give you an offense, some offensive eyebrows and a, an offensive mustache, and you're Japanese now. Now go out there and be a star. Like, Good lord. It was so over the top racist. Like it you give them a mask, at least you're like, okay, you're wearing a mask. But they didn't even do that. They went like right. above and beyond to make it worse. Like, like you you hit the nail on the head in my opinion. Like you can give them a mask and you're like, yeah, it's still wrong, but it's like you're you should trying not to be overtly racist. <laughs> And it's like, Even though it's still racist, it's not the '80s either. Like it's the '90s. People are finally be be like, "Oh yeah, that's bad and that's bad." But they're not acting on a lot of it because um, you know society still has a lot of uh, maturing to do. But um, even in '93, you got to be like, "Yeah, probably shouldn't do this." And it looked right. like it's like I said, it's so over the top, like with the the look and the makeup, and it's like, man, this it's would get somebody like canceled way, today. Just the way he wrestles the way he walks it's like he's purposely in a character that's not made for you know a white person you know and he's doing it he's like sauntering you know the way you see a lot of uh you know the japanese wrestlers they're kind of like you know very meticulous and like strategizing as they creep up on you and attack you or whatever and that's exactly what he's doing that you don't see any of the other wrestlers do because that they they don't do that. It's and terrible. It's Dusty Rhodes had some good ideas. This wasn't <laughs> one of them. Okay. This whole pay per view wasn't one of them. Ooh. This was horrifically bad. Thankfully, the match was short. Yes, three and a half minutes. Because this angle is garbage. Shall we move on? Yeah, he gets his bag back, by the way. So. Whoa. Right. It, it makes me think of Half-Baked when they, they, they had a bag. And it's like, it's Andy Garcia in the bag. And then Andy Garcia is like, no, it's not. It's not Andy Garcia in the bag. That's crazy. And at the end, Andy Garcia saves him from the drug dealer. Hmm. Comes out of the bag and hits the drug Spoiler dealer with the guitar. I never saw it. Spoiler God, alert. It's too late. It's been 25 years, Nick. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Spoiler 
they smoke a lot of marijuana and half oh. <laughs> like, that's the whole movie. <laughs> Why isn't it called full baked? <laughs> like, well, you'll find out, I guess, if you got to watch the movie. Though, is it streaming anywhere? I don't Nowadays. know, but it is a classic. You got a you lot gotta... of like classic stuff being pulled off these networks and going on to, like those fast channels. And I'm just like, where can I find this? It's not there anymore. Yes, I'm talking about Say by the Bell. I don't know so if it's for free anywhere, but you can free, find it on free. Apple TV oh, or something like that. It's free ad supported streaming uh, or free ad supported television. So, like Pluto TV, Plex, like so, some of those apps have uh, have those old shows just streaming constantly. Like it, it's not on demand, so you can't like rewind or fast forward or pick and choose what episodes you watch. They're just on a channel that runs twenty four seven. In case anyone was wondering, <laughs> <laughs> they 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 have impact on there. They they have a lot of like the wrestling uh, that you might be interested in, you know, TNA era type stuff that just you know go twenty four TNA era. We're, we're still in the TNA era. Well, what are you talking about? Yeah, true. <laughs> Technically, we're not there until well, we'll get. We're going to get back there. Yeah. So a new era. Um, you know, they have like oh pay per views from like the early two thousands and stuff like that. So. Uh, not the weekly pay-per-views, but like, you know, like Lockdown 2008 or something like that will be on those types of uh, channels. So I would like to see them do something similar with WWE content, but not not with they have the network and now Peacock. They're not going to do it. That's not like going to happen. You got imagine having like the Fall Brawl network where you just have Fall Brawl pay-per-views like you got a billion dollars for that content. Good. Good, sir. Me? You're not getting that content. No. Yeah. Well. Unless you got a Billy. I love that. But we move I on. Can, I can ask for it from somebody. Okay. I mean, you can always ask. It doesn't hurt to ask. Well, right? do you have a billion dollars? I do not. No. So didn't hurt to ask though, but you it's a flat no. <laughs> uh we move on. We get to look at Ric Flair again on the flare of the gold, this time being attacked oh. by Rick Rude. Oh no. Another guy of, who I was like, I don't care about him here, but WWF, he was cool. He's still had, he's still doing his thing here as well. He, was. he attacks Flair in front of Fifi. Oh, no. The the maid that was on Flair for the gold, who Ric Flair eventually married. Yeah, they've been married for like 30 plus years, right? No, I don't think it was that long. I'm kidding. I don't think it was that long. It was a little while, and, and they apparently announced a separation in two, 2022, but... Uh, I don't think they've a, they're officially divorced. No, don't know what's going on. Anything could be going on in Ric Flair's life. He married like three other times. Like, yeah, I think that I think that's the wife number four or five. Yeah, it's, uh, he's up there. He's got, he's putting up some numbers as far as marriages. <laughs> uh, you know, get there a triple double. Yeah, it's an expensive triple double, man. Expensive triple double. Maybe that AEW contract will help him out. Maybe. Maybe I hope it does, and the sponsorship with the energy drink, the Woo Energy Drink, oh, which I am not touching. <laughs> okay, no, unless you want to sponsor us, staying away from that. I'm staying away from that from Logan Paul's drink. Unless I'm you want to sponsor us, we we'll take it. But I mean, we'll take the sponsorship, but I'm not putting that in my body. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm not drinking. laughs> we'll take your money, but I'm not consuming the product. <laughs> I'll put it like on my desk right here, like you can see it, but I ain't putting that in here. <laughs> This is a temple, okay? <laughs> All right. I mean, I, I I'll do fast food, but that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Pizza Hut all day. There you go. 
the energy drink? Uh-uh. That's yeah. where I draw the line. Exactly. I need more energy. Uh, but it's time now for the WCW International Heavyweight Championship, which was... The what? Why did they do that? <laughs> they could have just made a new belt and so, called it the world title. Why did they uh, call it the international title? <laughs> Why did they well, do that? So who was the champion when Flair got back there? Vader, right? Vader's been the champ basically uh, all year. So. I believe so, yeah. We're Flair got back like late 92, early 93? Early 93. I think May 93 is when he officially... Uh, first came back yeah i would say vader so, yeah. yeah i mean vader would look good with that big gold belt but uh they're like nah like here you can do whatever you want with it it's like wow international <laughs> another title. world title international title we got rick rude going against rick flair rick rude cuts a promo right before the match while both men are in the ring and he's like i'm gonna take your rep i'm gonna take your title and I'm gonna take your girl. And he took off his robe and unveiled tights with Fifi's face on it. Always a great heel move when Rick Rude would put <laughs> the spouse of his opponent on his on his tights. Yeah. <laughs> Did the same thing with Jake Roberts. It's great. I mean, everybody can relate to that. Someone lusting after your significant other, you're like, oh hell no. Mm-hmm. Didn't even feel like you're a man. It's like it's like insecurity thing it works against the insecurity because you know this person's got your woman on his tights and he's got way more abs than you do <laughs> like way more abs than you can count so it's like oh man i don't even look like this guy and he's lusting after my woman it's bad it's bad stuff <laughs> i'm in a bad headspace now <laughs> that damn rick rude <laughs> so always a good heel tactic by rick rude rest in peace to ravishing Rick Rude as, as always but yeah. Ventura his mic gets cut out at one point during the match which is also this is a very long match right it's like 30 minutes good match but very long but in the midst of this Jesse Ventura's mic cuts out and he loses it you can still hear him though only through Tony Schiavone's mic <laughs> he's not happy about it um, but maybe he shouldn't the... be so you know misogynistic and everything else, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, besides being misogynistic. Well, this match, especially, is saying like Fifi belongs in a kitchen and stuff, or uh, Sarah Lee, the production uh, director, belongs in a kitchen. So, oh my god, he said that about the production director, yeah. Well, because Tony brought it up, Tony Schiavone was that. like, Sarah Lee, or uh, you know, director might cut your mic off or whatever. And uh, he's like, Sarah Lee, she makes she makes cakes. <laughs> and she knows her way around the kitchen. Like, oh, boy. oh my god, unbelievable! I did not hear that. That's wild. I'm sure that was great for Sarah Lee to hear through the headset while she's at work. I'm sure. But Jesse Ventura, who's who's who are you doing that for? You know, like who's that for besides yourself? Nobody. Well, things were different back in. 30 years ago. So not great. It's just, it just comes to the territory with the content you consume from multiple decades ago. There's going to be some things in there. We've talked about it a lot here in the straight shooters, but there's going to be things in there. That's like, Ooh, I don't hold up today. Ooh, that's tough. Wow. How'd I get away with that in the, in the early nineties? Like <laughs> that is you know? this was way before the attitude error. So, <laughs> Oh yeah. Wild. 
Wild stuff. Well, maybe like five years before the Attitude Era. So, I mean, that's in wrestling years way before. That's true. This is a different time. It's, it's a true. much different time than what we get to in '98. Yeah, like now versus like 2018. Not too different. Like, you know, production I mean, wise, better. Like, there's a there's a speaking well, of. I'm glad you brought this up. I I, I kind of mean like how we consume it. That's but fair. More or less, like we we know the creative is better, but right. And the formula hasn't changed a ton, right? But I will. Say, there was a tweet uh, that somebody I can't remember who I think Robert O'Neill. It was somebody. I think that's who he posted it. He, some, he said that people are denying, or or still holding on to the fact that they think that 2019 was good in WWE. Oh, it was him. I saw that tweet. Yep. Which is like what 2019. Yeah. 2019 was yeah, good. They they think you know Kofi and Becky, um, you know you you, you kind of block out a lot of the bad when you block have, out like, everything good. else, yeah. everything else, literally everything else. Yeah, everything else. Are you serious? We you listen to our show from 2019 and tell me how much we enjoyed the product. <laughs> okay, we had crappy bikes back then, and we still crap and we crapped all over the. Are product. you kidding me? Is night and day better? Yeah. Look at Roman Reigns and tell me if things aren't better. It's it's why I still watch every show, even though I might not be like super entertained. That's still a lot better than what we had to deal with. Oh that, my god! You know, four years ago, even pre-COVID, uh, that was just tough, man. Remember like, Shane McMahon was be a top, was being a top heel, oh calling himself the best in the world. Was that good? There's a reason why AEW had such a hot start and people were yeah. so excited for it in such a yeah. moment. Yeah. Because an alternative to the trash we were dealing with in WWE. Are you serious? If WWE was good, I don't know if AEW would have gotten would have gained such a foothold in the marketplace as quickly as it did. That was its so. biggest advantage. Was that WWE was garbage. <laughs> yeah. And they're just like all they had to do was not be garbage. And then slowly but surely, when Triple H took over and whatnot, like things aren't garbage anymore. And now people are starting to poke holes in the AEW storytelling. But 2019, whoa. We were begging for Kofi Kingston to be champion, bro. That's the only hope we had. And they kept putting it off. It's like, no, just give us this one thing. And they're like, not yet. That's tough, man. We were just hoping to have that moment. That one thing. That one thing. That's all we wanted. <laughs> that one moment. Because we knew nothing else was coming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Even the main event of WrestleMania, when you, it's a, this historic moment of the the, uh, the woman and being in the main event, it wasn't even a match that people really wanted. We didn't want a triple threat. Charlotte had no business no. here. This is Ronda yeah. versus Becky, which we never got. Yeah. What? Yeah, I remember. Just thinking, oh, Charlotte's in there because now she's gonna win. Like, what the hell? <laughs> you know, it was dread. It was dread. Like, give us that little glimmer of hope, and then you take it away. And like now, it's the dread we feel. Like we're gonna have to sit through another crappy product, another crappy WrestleMania. Like, what the hell? And that, yeah. Entrance by set by the way, probably the worst in oh, yeah. history. Like <laughs> big old TV screen. Thanks. 
like I didn't mind the way it looked, but when we talk about WrestleMania and the stages, yeah, definitely the worst. One One, yeah, I would say definitely the bottom tier. You're right, definitely right. You the bottom that, tier. That ring that WrestleMania 14 had a circle. Oh, that was all right. But no, I mean every pay per view in that era had that. Yeah, circles like that's better than a big screen. Uh, maybe, 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 I, I think maybe I'm lying. I could be. Lying. I think it was better, but uh, we got to move back to Fall Brawl '93, oh. where we see Rick Rick Rude win his first world championship via oh. some brass knuckles while he was in the figure so four. You, you waited. Refer, referee was talking to Fifi. And he knocked out Rick, Rick Flair. Don't know why, but Rick Flair gets gets hit with the brass knuckles and loses the world t- title to Rick Rude, who wins his first world title. Do refs not check for foreign objects anymore, or something? Not when they're when they're not told to. <laughs> oh my god! Just the logic holes in this freaking thing, man. Like, first, why would he wait till he's in the figure four? First of all, and why not use it? You know earlier than you know wait a half hour it's just stupid. i guess it was break glass in case of the, emergency the, man the crown jewel ending to logan paul Rey mysterio was well better done with the brass knocks than this was i'm sure it was it's santos escobar doing that on purpose by the way yeah Leaving the knucks for Logan Paul. So look, good stuff. Good stuff, right? Much okay. better than 2019 Storytelling. WWE. Storytelling. Much better than 2019. What's wrong with y'all out there who still think that? Uh obviously you're allowed to have your opinions. I'm joking, but like I'm not never that, going not, back to watch some of that not, stuff. Not <laughs> that can't be wild. You can't have that opinion. <laughs> uh, I know for me personally, I'm not going back to touch any of it. That's just me. We have a lot of shows from that era that I'm never going to go back and listen to. Nope. <laughs> For what? But we got to move on to our main event of Fall Brawl in 1993. It is the War Games. A War Games, as William Regal was shouting. At the Fall Brawl. Or War Games, like Gary Michael Capetta. <laughs> He's running down the rules every year. Well, Cool. Yeah. But on we're, one side, we got Sting. Famers, by the way. What's that? We're in Gary Michael Capetta's Hall of Fame, by the way. As we should. I mean, why not? Yeah. Of course, you got to have us. But on one side of the war games, you got Sting, Davey Boy Smith, Dustin Rhodes, and the Shockmaster going against Sid Vicious, Vader, and Harlem Heat. Harlem so- Heat. So Road Warrior Hawk was supposed to be in this match, first of all. I would assume. Uh, he's not. Uh, but this group has Road Warrior Animal as like a special advisor. And he's a coach. So why the hell wasn't like Hawk and Animal in, in the match? Like it would have been so much better. I'm well, sure. I would like, assume I mean Hawk wasn't around, so maybe he, he wasn't was at the there. Clash of the Champions. This is this was after SummerSlam ninety two when they separated and yeah, but they were he, Hawk was at Clash of the Champions. Oh, I, the previous yeah, I August, know. and uh, I I don't know if Animal was there at the same time or, but he came in obviously not long after. Uh, like, how are they not a team right here in the War Games? Like, is that why they had to bring in the Shockmaster? <laughs> like, oh my God, Hawk was like, oh, I can't Lord. do it, or he's he's hurt or something. 
uh, Imagine Master. Sting, Davy Boy Smith, and the and the Road Warriors. So much better than Dustin Rhodes and the Shockmaster. Like, come on. I mean, it's not come a hot bar to clear when it comes to the Shockmaster. Come on. Who now is just a clumsy construction worker. <laughs> he's, not, he's not the super tough, you know, stormtrooper guy who apparently had, were they going to give him magical powers and he could shock people? I don't know. But now he's Turn just around the stick that the Mountie does something. I don't know. But now he's just a putz. He's just a lovable putz. <laughs> just clumsy. He actually became Uncle Fred. Just like became Uncle Fred, man. His name was actually Uncle Fred after this. I mean, why not? The Shockmaster is dead in the water <laughs> until the convention circuit starts heating up. <laughs> now it's the hottest thing. <laughs> Nobody want to be Uncle Fred. They want to be Shockmaster. We also got Harlem Heat in this match. Ugh. And you're probably like, oh, Booker T and Stevie Ray. Nice. Let's let's do it. <laughs> Wrong. Wrong. Because they weren't Booker T and Stevie Ray yet. What? They were Kane and Cole. Because this is 1993 WCW. And you can't have nice things. <laughs> You wanted to see Booker T and Stevie Ray, huh? You wanted to see the Hall of Fame tag team, huh? No, you get to see Kane and Cole, huh? Not Kane and Abel. Not Kane and Undertaker. <laughs> not Kane and O-Dog from Minutes to Society. Kane and Cole. Not even Kane and Michael Cole. Kane and Cole. Not even Corporate Kane. Not even Nicole and JBL show. <laughs> Nothing. No, Kane and Cole. Harlem Heat. Both from Texas, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Both, uh, making their WCW pay-per-view debut. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. How about that? In the War Games match with the Shockmaster. Oh, yeah. Did you, do you know the story of how they originally uh, were... Build in WCW before this? Uh, not that I can recall. In, Ju- in June, in June '93, they debuted. I believe it was at a house show, so it wasn't on TV. But uh, yeah, a little problematic. Uh, they oh, changed that when they came out with the chains on the next yeah. <laughs> and Colonel Robert Parker. Yeah. How stupid was that? He, he won them in a poker game. <laughs> he won yeah. them in a poker game. I did not. I did not know that detail. Yeah. Yeah, man, I'm surprised they agreed to that. I guess they're just like, we we need the money, but like, yeah, whoa, that was their first uh, big company. I think they were. Yeah, that they, they were time. wrestling in the south, just on a, you know, on the independence and whatnot. So this was the obviously the first big break. So I'm not gonna sit here and blame them for like getting that money. Like they got to beat their folks and the, get out the hood. You know what I'm saying? But like Yoshi Yoshi Kwan. We're we're good. Uh, Charlie Norris, we're good, but uh, <laughs> no, yes, Chris Champion, we're for, good. Not Yoshi Kwan. Too, too much for WCW. Uh, maybe maybe not do any of that. <laughs> you know, like be like, <laughs> don't don't say okay, that's fine, but that's not. Um, you know, how about just nipping all that in the bud? But uh, they nipped that quickly in the bud uh, with Harlem Heat. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. I knew that they came out with the chains and stuff like that, and I know people were upset about that. Yeah. I did not know the whole backstory that he won them in a poker game. A poker game. What? Yeah. 
What? Well, a card game, you know, technically, I guess. Doesn't uh, matter. Poker. <laughs> they won them like they were objects. God forbid it wasn't a poker game. Maybe it was Game of Uno. I don't know. Like, it's a card game. Jesus. Up, so, the obviously the the mind says, "Oh, poker," but poker, I hardly know her. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so, this match, I'm doing a list of the top war game uh, matches of all time. Uh, this is right at the top. Sneak preview uh, on this one. Right now, this is not going to be at the top. Oh, okay. What if you un, What if you switch the like the worst first? What if be at the top? Uh, I'd still consider that the bottom. The match? No, I can't. I can't hate on the match that that much. The match itself was. I can. It was fine. It, it was a fine match. It sucked. The ending was rough. It kills the entire match. Entire match, it kills it. Everybody's beating the hell out of each other, bleeding all this, and then the last person in because obviously the heels win the coin toss, so they get the advantage. So that means the babyface is the last person in. The last person in for the babyface team is good old Uncle Fred, the Shockmaster. Oh, I'm shocked. Why he was the last person? I guess to try to salvage what he he could have potentially had left the com- the commentators were impressed that he got into the ring without tripping <laughs> and that he got to the second ring without tripping they're literally <laughs> telling you this guy's a goof and we're so surprised that he didn't trip on the way in he's a like, total putz what he but but to i guess his credit he comes in and then runs wild okay it was impressive i will give you that he Vader, like up uh, Everybody, Vader included. Yeah, that's all. That's what I'm thinking. Like, because he, he was a big beat, dude, beating that ass. He, right, he was going to get a push as the Shockmaster. They're going to try. It may not have worked in the long run, just like Charlie Norris didn't work or Big Sky didn't work. Like, but they were going to, to give him a real attempt because of his size, and you know he could work. He was he's been around. He was Typhoon Tugboat. And then he fell through the wall. But on this night, they tried to salvage it because he comes in, he beats everybody up. Then he gets Cole, not Booker T, Cole beats him up real bad and then puts him in a bear hug for like, I don't know, 90 seconds. (laughs) (laughs) While Sid and Kane (laughs) stop, stop doing what they're whatever they're doing and they just stare and they're like, oh, all right, we'll go get back to it. Like they don't try to stop Shockmaster at all. They stare, they stare at the whole thing for a good, like 10 seconds. And they go back to, okay, I'm just going to beat up Davy boy. And Sid's like, I'm just going to kick this guy or might've been sting. I don't know, but so ridiculous. The camera, like just literally sees them stare at them for a while. And then, Go back, like they don't try to stop. Like, what, what what are we doing here? Where's the logic? Well, I don't know, man. Either way, Shockmaster beats everybody up and gets Cole. It's Cole, right? Yeah, Cole to surrender. 
and the baby faces win war games in 16 minutes and 39 seconds or something like that according to good old wikipedia <laughs> uh, i think the, i think it i think it's the shortest war games match to date <laughs> because the match beyond lasted like 2 minutes and it was the shockmaster show i'm surprised cuz uh the 97 one uh you know kurt Henning turned on the horsemen but uh, they they drew that out a little bit, you know, making the horsemen weren't quitting, and then I think Mongo eventually quit. But they had like it was a good match beyond in '97, not so much here. This is this is one of the worst match match beyonds, so to speak, <laughs> that uh, I can remember ever watching because it just happened so abruptly, so quickly, and just like boop over. I was like, damn, okay. Well. And, and it's like you can tell they're still trying to salvage Shockmaster. And the announcers are like, wow, I, he beat everybody up. And Jesse Ventura's like, he can't walk and chew gum at the same time, but he can put on a hair, he can put on a bear hug. And they can win I mean, war games. That could have been, you know, the the changing of the story. You could be like, oh, like I'm not a puss, like I'm an ass kicker. But they, <laughs> they decided not to go that way. Then they kept saying fall down, Fred Ottman. Yeah. Just fall down. <laughs> but we go off the air, and that's the end of the show. Like, nothing happened, pretty much. No. <laughs> I mean, no. And that's a show. It's crazy to say that because we got a show here where they have three title changes. New TV champion, new tag team champions, new world or international champion, whatever you want to call them. And yet, it felt like nothing happened on this show. Nothing in consequence. Fall Brawl 93. Not a great start for the Fall Brawl brand. <laughs> Fall Brawl brand. Say that three times fast. <laughs> I can't. Apparently. Fall Brawl brand. Fall Brawl brand. Fall Brawl brand. Fall, ba- Fall Brawl brand. Not easy to say. No. There's a reason why Vince hasn't used it yet. <laughs> Whoever is you know, running the show now. They haven't used it. It ain't worth much because look what I they mean, did in 93. Yeah, I mean, like, it's not... The only Damn thing, like War Games, is where the money is. You know, you can attack War Games on anything. We're seeing it with Survivor Series. Like the War Games sells itself. So uh, you can attack that on SummerSlam. SummerSlam War Games, and I'm you're like, oh, this is awesome. So <laughs> SummerSlam <yeah>. War Games. <laughs> is the it all brawl? Doesn't matter. Is it technically called Survivor Series War Games or just Survivor Series? And they just slap on the war games onto like well, it's in the logo, right? It's so in the logo, it's gotta, right? It's gotta, it's gotta be part of the uh the name, the official. I don't know name. if it's part of the name though. What does Wikipedia say? They Let's always see. have it right. No, it's Survivor Series colon war games. Okay. Excellent. I, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Yeah, but it's Survivor Series colon, colon war games. Colon war games. So but that's Fall Brawl, Colon War Games from 1993. <laughs> I guess we both given our final thoughts on that. We didn't like this show. So again, uh, Brian Isley, I apologize. I, I liked Class of the Champions before, uh, you know, a month before this. So that was my. I'm favorite. not going back to watch WCW any more 93 WCW if I don't have to. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, it's Sting and Ric Flair versus the Colossal Kongs. Nope. That was great. Mm-mm. Yeah, Road Warrior no. Hulk. In there, it's cool. I'm good. I'm okay. But in the meantime, Nick, let's wrap it up. 
for episode 376. Take us out with some plugs, please. Uh, follow me at underscore Picone on Twitter slash X. Follow us at the Shooters Pod on Twitter slash X. Facebook on Facebook.com slash the Shooters Pod. You can check me out at foxphlgambler.com, phillyinfluencer.com. And on that note, we're going to be adding, I don't know when it'll get added to the website, but I'm going to make a wrestling roundtable page uh, for the gambler and upload all the roundtables we've done so far since I have them saved. Oh, and uh, you know, hopefully in the future we have more and we'll have our own page for that. So uh, keep on the lookout for that at foxphlgambler.com. I will keep an eye out for that. Make sure y'all keep an eye out for me on t- Twitter slash X at Vaughn M. Johnson. Uh, at Vaughn Johnson 166 on Instagram, too. I, I'm on Instagram. Now, I've been on Instagram, but I just don't usually post my own page like that. But, you know, I'll be <laughs> out here. I think this is the first time I heard you say that on here. Exactly. I'll be out here. I'll be out I here doing that. Yeah, one. How about that? Uh, yeah, I'll be out here. Uh, at Philly INQ Sports. At Philly Inc. Sports. INQ for the Inc on that for the sports Instagram and Philly Inquirer for the main Instagram for the Inquirer. Uh, go check me out on Wrestling Junkie, wrestlingjunkie.usatoday.com. I have some stories coming up there very soon, including some predictions for full gear. I talked about it. We talked about it a little bit on this episode, but I'm going to give my full in-depth predictions, prognostication over there at Wrestling Junkie. Again, wrestlingjunkie.usatoday.com. We're also on Patreon, patreon.com slash the shooters pod, where you can request a future deep dive. And if you make that request, we will fulfill it. And you can be on the show with us, make a quick cameo with us on that very show. Again, patreon.com slash the shooters pod to put in your request. But until then, for Nick McCone, I am Vaughn Johnson. Thanks for listening to episode 376 of the Straight Shooters. And we'll catch you all again next week. You ain't never spent the Halloween with me, Shivani.